for the honorable J.P. Brown. Welcome to Fathers and Family Court. I am your host, J.P. Brown. I'd like to take this time to welcome back all of our return listeners, as well as give a first-time welcome to all of our first-time listeners. Now, if you are a first-time listener of this podcast, brace yourself now. This is a Father's Rights podcast, where we talk about father's rights, parental alienation, as well as the effects of the $50 billion business we all know as Family Court. Now, in Season 2, Season 3, and now Season 4, of fathers and family court. We've been talking to fathers all across the nation. Um, and what we've come to find is that fathers just quite simply are not treated like humans. It's legal to steal a man's kid, make him chase, chase you all over town. And, uh, yeah, when you finally get to court, no one will say anything about it. They'll act like he's the bad guy for not, for having his kid stolen. He'll never be told that you never be like shown any sympathy. And yeah, he'll be treated like a criminal and he'll have to pay a ticket to see his kid. He'll get to see his kid every other weekend. And just as simple as that, there it is. So after these dads get robbed, they have nowhere to go. They have no one to talk to. So what we've been doing is we've been talking um, to a bunch of dads and we've been allowing this blank canvas to be uh, uh just that, a blank canvas for a father to say whatever he may want to say um, and express himself and have an open conversation. Now, the reason we have to podcast it is really quite simple. There's nowhere for a dad to go tomorrow or every day um, for him to get uh, conversations with dads um, that are pretty much in the system he's in. So we have to create this type of um environment where we can all come speak freely now if you hear this podcast and uh you chauffeur you know you, it, it, it this is a topic for you um you want to get involved then this is what you need to do you need to copy the link you need to share it because uh, what we really need is that's the kind of support we need and we need all hands on deck um that's something you can do that's non-monetary um and it's very active it's very very proactive um, you're sharing, find someone who's hurting and get this link to them. Cause they need to hear it. Share it on your page, share it as an Instagram story, whatever you may want to do, do that. Um, if you do want to give monetary, that's fine as well. Uh, is cash app DFM JP for any donations. Again, that's money sign DFM JP. That's the cash app. Um, if anybody wants to, uh, Leave any input, feedback, um, that's fine too. jpbrown.dfm on Instagram or Twitter, uh, OG underscore jpbrown. I will have uh, some pages already set up. I'll be shouting those out here soon, uh, just specifically for the podcast, um, just to separate a little bit from my personal pages. Uh, but that's a way you can get to me right now. Um, what we're going to do today is what we've been doing. We're going to talk to another father. Uh, we're speaking to AJ. AJ's calling from the state of Washington. Um, very remarkable story. Um, obviously I'm recording this intro prior to hearing, uh, his story. So I know for a fact, this is remarkable. Um, and yeah, I'm excited for you all to have the opportunity to hear, um, hear this story, uh, go on this journey, um, for these, for these, uh, Two hours almost, I think, me and him talk. Um, and yeah, man, I hope you can listen to this podcast with an open ears, open mind, open spirit, open heart. I um, hope there's something in here that you can take and really just, you know, that brings it home for you. Um, that's it for the intro. Enjoy. 
So on today's episode of Fathers and Family Court, we have the opportunity to speak to AJ. AJ is calling from the state of Washington. Um, that's pretty powerful. We've been hearing all bad things about dads trying to get custody in the state of Washington. So I'm really excited to hear um, from another dad from the state of Washington and get to hear his 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 view on the whole thing. Um, AJ has a son who is 11 years old, who he's in the ba- uh, currently fighting for, which he shouldn't be fighting for because it's his son and he also has a 10 year old daughter um i think it's really powerful for us to have the opportunity to talk to aj because me and aj have never spoke before so everything you're hearing is going to be new to me the same way it's new to you um so without any further ado aj how are you doing tonight it's another beautiful day sir yeah i hear that i hear that um so listen man before we get started um i i like to ask right off rip did you grow up with two parents in the home uh, so start. I know I started with two parents, but it was very quick that there wasn't. Mm-hmm. And then my dad moved away when I was about thirteen uh, to Arizona, honestly to run away from having to pay child support. Mm-hmm. Damn. Because well, it was a running away to pay child support. Because to be honest, man, my mom she gave me the free reins, but like the money that was going to her was going to her alcohol. Oh. So, like, I realized that later on in life about that concept. And then as a parent dealing with child support, I see it, like, as an actual thing happening to me. Yeah. And it's very it's very hard to deal with knowing that, like, the money that goes to the parent that's getting child support isn't audited whatsoever. It's all just given to them and free range for what they do with it. No, me and you will certainly get into child support. Um so, man, how do you want to start this story off? And I, I wanted to tell you, man, I asked you that because it gives you insight. Now, uh, no dad has ever came on here and just flat out said, now we're at, I think you're like 105, uh, maybe you're, you're just over the 100th caller um, and dad that I've spoke to at length. And um, you're the first dad who said your dad was running from child support. Um, and then you're also the first dad who said you know exactly what your mom was doing with the child support money. And that is highly unique because you, you're saying that you find your now you find yourself in a situation where you're paying child support. So we're going to get right into that, man. But it just goes to show like how much you don't deserve to be in this system right now dealing with this when this was pretty much the fucking blueprint to the movie of your of your of your adolescence and it's bullshit man you know what i mean so that's why we have to have these conversations so man how do you want to start this story off man to be honest i want to say something that nobody will actually say uh or probably um uh, what's the word i'm looking for uh like unify with i guess in a way um to where i can say this wholeheartedly cps has actually done one of the greatest things for me. Mm-hmm. And I actually support what they did for me and what some of the people who work in the, the industry actually try and do for the kids. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not, I'm not saying that it's for every, every situation, everything, but CPS has actually done so much good for my child. Mm-hmm. Um, trying to get them back with me over their mother and I know that's not something that many people will say yeah. I know that not many people will say oh CPS did so much good yeah no. That's because that's because CBS is as a whole is a shit show. But I always like to say there's still good people that go to work. There's still good people that instead of listening to their boss, just tell them, you know, there's still good people that have a full caseload. But yet they still 
try their fucking hardest the best they can, even though they're overloaded with cases. So, and, and I, I don't never want to take away from those people because they're still great people in the system. The problem is the system itself. You know, if you play for the Lions, but you're great, well, that's great. But I'm saying you still play for the damn Lions. You know what I mean? So it's like your organizations, but, and you might be great, but again, I'm a huge Lions fan. <laughs> you know what I mean? But at the same time, I understand the organization as known as a dumpster fire. And that's CPS. That doesn't mean Calvin Johnson doesn't never play for him. It doesn't mean Barry never played. It doesn't mean, you know what I'm saying? Uh, Sue never played. So yeah, man, shout out to all the good, good state workers out there, man, that do do their job. And there are dads out there who do recognize your hard work. There was one CPS worker in my case that stuck her neck out for me. I appreciate her as well, man. So that's, I'm, I'm happy you said that, man. Yeah, I know, because uh, my CPS worker has been, like, we've been working diligently so I can get my son to me mm-hmm. as quick as possible. And then sooner, uh, rather than later, she's trying to get my son's brother to me, who's not my son, but so that they can be together in the same household and be happy. Yep. So, you know, it's, it's not every day that you get that kind of situation where they know that the person they're working with is decent or anything like that. But, you know, there's some out there that really try their hardest. Uh, to get the kids in a good situation rather than just get them out of their hair yeah. or get the, get the paperwork done. Yeah, and I want to give them credit, man, but really, uh, I'm, I refuse to let these fuckers steal your spotlight for even one second. You're getting ready to take on a child, man, who is not yours, not your blood. Now, one thing my grandfather, man, who was a pastor in Flint until the day they made the water switch and he died, this is one thing he always told me, bro. He used to say it takes a real man to raise another man's child. And I do understand that. And I mean correctly. Not, not, I just watched the Gabriel Fernandez case. Not like that guy was doing, but I'm talking about really caring. Now you're going out of your way. Like this is something, bro. You're taking on, you're taking this shit head on because you want to take this, this other child in who's not your blood son. That is powerful, bro. And all capes don't wear heroes. So I'm glad. I know we're only six minutes into this thing, but for all the listeners out there, before we even go any further into hearing his story and how he got here, we need to just really take a second and recognize that this this man is getting, he wants to take on a child that's not even his. He's ready to take this child on. And and, and, and and in his brain, in his heart, this is his child. This is another one of his children. And I want everyone to see that he is not walking away. He is fucking taking this thing head on. And if that means that this child comes with him, even though this isn't his biological child, he's willing to take on this responsibility financially and just mentally and emotionally. And, the, and, that, and, that, and that goes right against the narrative of dads being deadbeats. This guy isn't no fucking deadbeat at all he wants to be a part of this child's life powerful stuff man so how you want to get it started into this story man how did all this come about man so it can take a second but uh where it started man is honestly where a lot of us start that we don't even know we're getting into mm-hmm. so like i i started with my ex and me and her like i I was one of those guys that was just madly in love. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is my lady. This is my girl. No matter what. Even though, honestly, dude, like, she would take off. Her goal in life was to climb her way up to not have to basically uh, work or do anything, but still be able to smoke some weed, have a good time, party, this and that. Yeah. And I wasn't, I wasn't recognizing that at the time because, you know, I was just a dude in love with a girl. And I was always the safe dude. I was always the guy that straight up had a job, but I grew weed on the side. Yeah. Because I'm, I, in the honesty, dude, I believed in cannabis because I saw what it did for kids. I was a medical, uh, 
patient provider caregiver. Yeah. And I've been I've been doing it for 16 years now, going on 17 years. Hey, man, and that's I, powerful stuff, man. Fuck those drugs the white coats give you. They're just killing you, man. They don't give a damn. You know what I mean? It's it's got to be about nature, in yep. my opinion. There's yep. there's a few things I do believe in, and I don't feel bad about it. Um, which is cannabis, uh, mushrooms, and DMT. Yep. Not gonna lie about it. Those are three things that you know are nature, are nature. But regardless on that concept, I've always been a person who's had the ability to not worry about where I find my cannabis because I've been growing it all the lot. Right. But she was the person that you know didn't want to do anything. She just wanted to hang out, live life, and blah blah blah. And she ended up getting pregnant. Um, but when she got pregnant, we were off and on and when she found out the conception date, so that's also the misconception is the conception date. Mm -hmm. Like you bring them into their, uh, their first appointment, they say, Oh, you're probably this day or this day. And when she found out what day it was that they said, she was like, Oh, it's not yours. Right. And so she she took off and I ended up with another girl. And, um, when I say ended up with another girl, it was a, she was a good friend of mine and we had hung out a few times and then we ended up getting together. Now, one thing men need to know is be careful who it is you're with, mindful of where they came from, because you never actually know who you're with. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until later that I found out that she really just wanted to have a family. She really just wanted to settle down without the guy's consent even. And so, uh, she told me she was on birth control. She told me that like, everything was good. Um, I was, you know, using condoms here and there, but sometimes like didn't have one. So I'm like, well, you're on birth control, right? She's like, yeah, so whatever. But she gets pregnant and then, you know, we go through about six months and then I get a phone call from my ex saying that, Hey, that kid that, you know, I told you wasn't yours and I took off and blah, blah, blah. Uh, you need to take a paternity test. And that's when the girl that I was with who was six months pregnant, she then changed to, Oh, I thought we were going to be one family. Uh, you know, now you have another kid. You're going to be more, more about that kid. And Selfish. Just, she, yeah, she, yeah, she, she kind of changed, mm-hmm. and I was, and so find out the kid's mind. Uh, she, me, and the girl that I'm with, we, she gives birth, and then she just took off. And as a father, I have no right to know where she is. I have no means to find out where she is because in the law, as long as she's okay and the kid is okay. I have no say in anything. Yeah, it's fucked up. Now, let's talk about this for a second. So, you're saying the the mother of your daughter took off? Yeah. Man, so Um, wait a minute. Now, she done watched this person literally... She watched this person literally do this to you. She watched you fucking take on this phone call and watched what it did to you. She she heard your story. She was there with you shoulder to shoulder. I'm sure you told her the story the same way you're fucking telling me. And you're telling me her first instinct was, oh, that sounds a little hard. Sorry, listeners, I'm doing laundry. I got the kids. Oh, that sounds a little hard. I, I, I'm just going to leave. Fuck that. This, this is too much. I can't do it. Oh, it's it's even crazier than that. I got the phone call on my birthday while me, her, and a bunch of her family are actually having a poker party for my birthday. And I get the phone call. I walk outside. She saw who it was, knew that that was my ex. And uh, I go outside. She's like, what happened? I was like, well, I just found out I had to take a paternity test. 
to see if, her, if that kid that I told you about is mine. And that, like, it just, it was a shit show from there on because then I have another family that I won't care about the family I'm about to make. And it's just like, you know, I was there for the whole birth, everything like that. And then right after the birth, she met a friend of mine who wasn't like a friend. He was just a guy that like, when I was out, I'd call him up, be like, hey, come to this party we're having. I need some weed. Mm-hmm. And he'd come over, sell me some weed. He was just a dude that I knew, and he started coming over a couple times. And the craziest concept is that, like, they fell in love because he was going through mental problems, and she was there for him during his mental problems. And I wasn't, like, caring about him wanting to kill himself or some stuff. And so, because I didn't, I wasn't there for him, she fell in love, blah, blah, blah. They, they, you know, life starts to happen, and they, I had no idea where they were. That was the thing, is after she took off with him, my son's mother, I moved her over to where I was, and because she was starting to go through, like, the whole, this whole, this whole concept of, she wants to party and do her stuff with her friends mm-hmm. and not not worry about her kid. Mm-hmm. Your son's I, mom. Yeah, I moved yep. her out to me so I could be with my son. Yep, yep. And, and so that we could do this whole co-parenting thing. She didn't see it as that. She saw it as her having me to take care of the kid and her not have to do anything at all. And she could just kind of go off and uh, she started doing Molly and other stuff. And I didn't want that around my house. So I told her she had to go. But with her going, she took my son and just disappeared. Right. Because you know what? Because she felt like, well, you know what? I, I just want I just want AJ to do everything. I want to party on his dollar. I want to get really high on his dollar, on his time. And, 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 also, and also, AJ, when you decide that you don't want drugs that you don't approve of in your house, guess what? I'm going to steal your son, AJ, because fuck you. Like, what? Wait a minute. How about you just come be a parent, bro? I don't understand why this lady needs to rip and run the streets when she's sitting next to a grower. Get your head out of your ass and learn how to grow some herb. What the hell, man? So that leads to, you know, just straight a long time of straight depression because I'm... I'm without my kids, yep. and I I go to file for parent, like a, a parenting plan and all this stuff, and they say I need an address. I, I went through um, a program called Blue Mountain Action Council in Walla Walla, mm-hmm. and basically it's like a free lawyer who helps you fill out the paperwork for a parenting plan, but they don't help you with anything beyond that. Mm-hmm. So you can go to the courthouse to file and have them served and all this stuff so that you can get it set up. But if you don't know where they're living or have an address to send it to, then they won't help you with anything. It's just a dead issue to them. So I had nothing. And they're like, well, you need to get a lawyer and you need to get this. And I'm like, well, I have no money because they're already getting child support, which takes half my paycheck, which leaves me with nothing to even have an apartment or man, a room to rent. Fuck that. How much money were you paying for your son in child support, man? For uh, for my kids, I was paying around eight hundred dollars. Uh, for both month. of them. Yeah, and then I was making maybe like thirteen hundred dollars a month uh, total in my paychecks starting out. You know, like I'm trying to get a job so I can pay my child support this and that. 
but they're taking more than half my paycheck and I can't even afford to try and find a place to live. Like you have to have like three, four grand just to get an apartment to start off with but like when you're only making so little you have to pay for your own food mm-hmm. you have to pay for gas to get everywhere yeah, insurance man. yeah and yeah. so like you have no money to save to try and get anything so like oh yeah and guess you- what AJ you're also at the most depressed moment in your entire life because the biggest thing the most important thing that's ever that's ever happened to you has been stolen not once but twice and you're asked to being you're asked to fucking pay and you can't play you can't see your kids so how are you supposed to be hungry and go out there and be your best you and get money how you know you can if you're absolutely at your mental worst because your kids got stolen legally and then when you're at your mental worst is also when they like to kick you even harder. Oh, like my, yeah. Uh, my daughter's mother, she would call me just to tell me that my daughter is saying her first words and calling another man dad. And that, oh, hey, she's trying to call so-and-so dad. And you're like, but I'm dad and I want to see her. She's like, well, I don't want that to happen because I don't want her to get confused about who her dad really is. And yeah. I'm like, well, I'm, I'm a real dad. She's like, but she's calling this person dad because I'm telling her to do that. And you're just like, oh, oh, what do I, how do I, what, like, am I, what did I do? And so, like, constantly, it's just mental flashbacks of, like, wanting to be with your kid but yeah. not being allowed to and yeah. wondering why. And it's nothing you did wrong. It's just that they want to hurt you. Yeah. And AJ, I just want to say this too, man. And this is not AJ talking. This is JP talking. This ain't AJ. This is JP. How come that fucking slap dick who was coming over to hang out and drop weed off? Why this fucking douchebag didn't have the heart and audacity to at least keep you in the loop, bro? Wasn't that some bitch ass shit, man? You know this guy. You fucking know this guy. You only know this chick because you know this guy. Now, how in the holy smoke is you not going to keep him informed if his kid is there? If this lady don't have his kid, then fuck him. But this lady has this dude's kid. You know this kid. This kid looks like the guy you fucking know. How do you just hang out with him all this time and don't put this man AJ in the loop? It don't make any sense. That's some sucker shit. Now, that wasn't AJ talking. That was JP talking. That's my opinion. That was some sucker shit, man. That ain't what nobody do. It don't matter if y'all was just acquaintances. You still stand on it. Be a man, bro. You don't help no chick. You don't be a simp enforcer. Don't help no chick steal some motherfucker you know kid, man. That's some suck-ass shit for anybody. Now, I'm sorry. That was JP, not AJ's opinion. (laughs) No, but you want an AJ opinion? Here's a sucker-ass shit right here. It's when a motherfucker has a problem and they can't have kids, so they want to steal somebody else's kids to be a dad, and they're like, fuck that dude off to the side who wants to be the dad, who is the dad, but yet, because what his problem was, he had cancer and went through chemo and cannot have kids because of chemo, and so he wants to get with a chick who has kids so he can claim them as as his own and say, fuck that dude, even though that dude ain't a problem. That's a motherfucker yeah. that I hate too. Yeah, that's some suck some ass dude shit. Some dude rolls in and says, "Fuck the dude who was before. I don't care that he wants to be the dad. I'm the dad now because I can't have kids." Yeah, simp enforcing. Yeah, that's some simp enforcing ass shit, man. Because to 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 to, to take and, and help a baby mama terrorist is just beyond me, man. If you can't have kids, then you should go out here and find a dad, uh, a lady who has a fucking kid whose dad is really isn't shit. Not. 
and not help act like this dude isn't shit when no, AJ doesn't want nothing more than to be a father to his son, man, to his daughter. Because you know why? His dad left. He jumped state running from Title Four. That's why. You know what I'm saying? So AJ's time is right now. Don't nobody get to come in and swindle this man out of his God-given, right, man? That shit is crazy. That's what's so fucked up about these laws, man. Like, bro, it... Yeah, the ladies fucked up, the dudes fucked up, but why are states allowing this shit? But go ahead, man. I don't want to get too sidetracked. We'll get into that. No, I, I don't know why the states. Uh, like, so I don't know if you know who Ben Shapiro is, but Ben Shapiro said something that is prevalent to everything uh, in regards to stuff like this. He says the states need to stay out of uh, personal relationships yeah. altogether. Like he says, you know, like wait, he's not for. Like uh, gay people uh, having marriage because he's his religion is against it. He says, but beyond the religious concept, he's like gay people should get married and the government should have nothing to do with it. You know, everybody has a right to do their thing. The government should stay the fuck out of it. And it's annoying as fuck that the government says that a man doesn't have rights because you know he didn't give her. And so it also goes on to another topic that I've heard people talk about, which is like, all right, so. A woman has the right to choose an abortion or not abortion, and then uh, if she chooses not to get aborted, then the man is then uh, having to pay for 18 years. But if the man says, well, actually, I don't want to be a part of it, um, he still has to pay to where there's no thought to what the man is doing. He can't say, oh, well, uh, you want an abortion. Well, then you have to pay me for the life that I didn't get. Um, I didn't get that 18 years of a child that I wanted, but you said, you know, oh, I don't want it. And therefore it's, you know, that one, that one thought. And so that's also hurt. It's like, I know it's like, a lot of people are going to go, oh my God, he's going on the abortion. No, it's just the idea that a man has no say in anything of a child coming into this life. If a man, if a man says, I want that child. I'm ready to take on a life because I can give it, I can give that child a good life. But the woman says, well, no, I'm just going to leave and uh, do nothing, you know, and afford it. Then there's nothing to it. But if she says, I want it, and he says, well, I don't, then she's then entitled to all that money he makes. And it's like, wait, that is not, that's not equal whatsoever. And. And so, you know, she raises this child and then he wants to be a part of this life. She can say no. And she has all the right to it, which is very hard because like a lot of people don't want to know the knowledge that many, many thousands of men have taken their own lives simply because they didn't get to see their child grow up. They have killed themselves because they didn't get the opportunity because they weren't a good father in the woman's opinion, but they would never know because they didn't give them the chance. And that killed them. That literally killed them because they'll see pictures of their kid. And just a picture can drive you to the point of insanity because you want to see the personality behind the picture. And so many nights, so many days, so many, so many weeks, so many months, man, I spent, just crying mm-hmm. because I wanted to see my daughter. I wanted to see my son. I wanted to see who they were, but I couldn't because the woman said no. And not for a reason that I was a bad person. I was not a bad person. I didn't hurt her. I didn't abuse anybody. I didn't do anything wrong. And it was just because she said no. And I was like, well, where are you at? So I can do, uh, you know, 
file for some custody and they would just block me and say, you don't need to know where I'm at. Uh, you don't need to know any information about me. And it's like, wait, I just want to see my child. I just want to be a part of my child's life. And the courts don't care. Yeah. There's n- there, there's no law that says a father needs to see his child. Mm-hmm. There's only the law that the child needs to be with his mother. Yep. That's the only law of the land is the child needs to be with his mother. Yep. Now, even in my case right now, why I said in the beginning that CPS is doing right is because the mother of my son, uh, apparently she went from just wanting to work her way up the ladder to free time, free drugs, to being so addicted to heroin and fentanyl or, or whatever it is that the grandmother was taking care of my kid and his brother to the point where she said, no, this can't, like, you can't be this, this person with kids. And she called CPS on her own grandkid, uh, on her own son and uh, daughter-in-law. And CPS got involved, and now I'm about to become, you know, full custody. I'm about to gain full custody of my son, and as well be a guardian for my for his brother. And it's like that's what it actually took. Like I've been messaging my ex for a long time, every now and again, saying, "Hey, I just wanted to see how my son's doing. Can I send him a birthday present? Can I send him a Christmas gift?" To just no fuck off blocking i have to make a new account just to say hey can i see my son mm-hmm. and like recently she said yeah but i and i didn't know what was going on that they were going through all this hardship and i sent a guitar i sent a electric guitar an acoustic guitar an amp a whole bunch of stuff for my son i found out they pawned it for heroin and it's like my, my son knew nothing about me and we had to start meeting each other through a therapist and that is not a fun way to meet your son is through Zoom with a therapist sitting next to him and him just uncomfortable meeting some random guy. Yeah. Yeah, no, I understand. I understand. That was a lot that was a lot. We got we got a little to uncover there because you're saying that this lady stole your child and wouldn't let you be a part of it after she literally moved in with you and saw you working hard. I know this lady didn't see you do anything except try hard. I know she didn't, bro. I know when your son was around you didn't do anything except for get right into the fucking offense that you knew was supposed to be ran. I know you didn't. I know all you did was run the offense that you all have planned to run I know you did bro so that's why I don't understand when this person comes and sees that you're running a flawless offense why does she come in and say uh I'm gonna switch things up I'm actually gonna take the star player here and fuck you we'll see you later all just to go chase dog and fentanyl which I'm saying that's a slang term for heroin for any listeners that don't 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 know but you did all that to chase dog and fentanyl And it's hurtful, bro, because, like, if all you wanted to do was smoke, you were right in the right place. Like, it's crazy. I'm a believer. And I truly believe if she loved Herb, God had her in the right place. You know what I mean? He had her in the right place. If, 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 if smoke, if smoking, uh, grass, if smoking flour wasn't, wasn't your cup of tea, then she needed to start getting into extracts. You know what I mean? That's what you needed. Nothing else, man. This this, this is fucking crazy, man. Like I was, uh, when I started, I was in the extracts industry as well. Like I, I learned from a multi-generational grower, mm-hmm. hash maker, 
Like I was making hash. I was a transporter. I was kind of so. I've actually made hash for Tommy Chong. Mm-hmm. I don't know. If, I don't know if you know who Tommy Chong is mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. listeners know who Tommy Chong is. But I used to be the Tommy Chong hash maker. Dog, that's fucking crazy, man. So a little, if I may, uh, yeah, you can delete it later if you want to. But a little quick shout out to my Instagram. I'm dude ten. Well, could you could you repeat that one more time? Yeah, it's the hash dude seven ten, and you can check it out. You can see all the ways that I make hash, which is all organic. I grow cannabis organically, personally. Uh, right now, I work for a company that grows it in a very beautiful and unique way, aeroponically. They're called Redbird. We're up here in Washington. Uh, I'm. I don't have to worry too much about like trying to buy or anything like that with cannabis mm-hmm. because I'm a grower yeah. and I love I love what I do. Yeah, I'm the happiest I've ever been. Yeah. So I'll, I'll, I want to tell you and your uh, your listeners this, man. One of the biggest, most powerful things you can say to yourself if you're down and out, I don't give a fuck. Positive vibes make for a positive life. Now, I am in the works of writing a book, and my book is going to be called. From under a bridge to on top of the world, mm-hmm. because with with what I've been through with my kids and all that stuff, and like knowing people need to know that, like with this child support stuff and with all this, like, like dealing with kids when when you're in, meaning that you can go from nothing, you can be at the worst, the lowest bottom, and you can look at yourself and say, I I can't be doing this, I can't do this anymore. And you can say, I need to start over. Yep. And you can just literally pick up from where you're at and hop your ass on. I just hitchhiked from one town. So I'll go with this. I found out that um, I was living with a man, uh, one of my managers at a restaurant. Mm-hmm. Um, so I will straight up say, uh, if you want to leave it out later, you can do your editing how you want to. Mm-hmm. But I worked at a KFC in Walla Walla under a general manager named Jordan Brader, who was a piece of fucking shit human mm-hmm. being. Mm-hmm. Um, I was trying to start my life over there, trying to like, you know, because he was a manager. He was the general manager. I was going to build myself up. We were going to, you know, do blah, blah, blah. But it's like him as a person, I found out he was basically just above a pedophile. Oh, my God. Um, yeah, so I want to coin that phrase. He's Jack, just above a pedophile, to where he's not fucking little kids, but he's hiring these like 15, 16 year old girls, like grooming them and this and that, and like, you know, messing with them in ways that I don't approve of and like, you know, sexually. Yeah, fuck that so guy. When I, when I caught like the full like understanding of all that, I said, that's not what's going to get me my kids. That's not what's going to better my life. I created my motto of positive vibes make for a positive life. Yep. And so what I did was he made a he made a mistake. Uh, he did some bullshit with a girl at our work uh, that lived with us. Uh, there was a court thing, and I knew all the cops in Walla Walla because I worked at a bar for many years. Yep. And I went to the police station, and there was something that happened, and it was you know files on stuff and so I went in and I talked to the cop that I knew who was head up like pretty high up and I was like hey man how you doing he's like hey man why aren't you making my fucking uh, case of deals anymore I'm like oh, dude I, I grow weed now and I do this and that <laughs> but I gotta but I gotta tell you something man like this case and he opened up the case and he's got a daughter and so what happened with this was this dude with this girl and he looked up at me and it went from a casual conversation to alright what the fuck is this all about right 
And I was like, well, he's fully guilty. I was there. I saw it. I'm sorry. I didn't say anything at the time. Uh, it, you know, he's just fully guilty. He's a piece of shit. And he's like, okay, uh, I'll put your, like, I'll, we'll do a recording. You tell, like, I'll ask you some questions specific, and then you're good to go. And so after I did my little thing with him, I just picked up. That's where I lived. Uh, that's where I worked. So I knew I was fired, and I knew I didn't have a place to live. Yep, but you did. I, you did I the did. right thing, man. You stood up for a motherfucker. You you went against the pedophile. That's what you're supposed to do, man. Won't stand up for them fucking bums. And for any dads out there, man, who hear this who hear this conversation and are interested, man, in the topic, I talked to a dad the other day, man. His daughter's talking to a 20 year old, and she's fucking 11. Okay, so if you guys are interested in fucking stopping this thing, and you want to start learning more about it and watching more more in your community, go to YouTube and check out Dads Against Predators. This is fucking great, man. There's a bunch of civilians, a bunch of channels just like it. These civilians are going out there and they're fucking holding these fucking douchebags accountable. You come try to meet a fucking kid? It's us, motherfucker. What's up? What you on? You know what I'm saying? And it goes from there. Anybody out there, dads against predators, check it out. But yeah, we had to talk about that because you're talking about going against a predator and putting your job on the line. Fuck that job. This guy's a predator. I hear you, bro. Yeah, and it's like I even told the higher-up manager because he's the general manager of the restaurant. I told the regional manager, who's you know manager of multiple restaurants, about it, and he's like, "Well, there's no proof. We don't have any evidence." I was like, "I don't give a fuck. I'm just telling you, and I'm out." Right. So I just, I literally went with positive vibes, make for a positive life, right from then on, and uh, I ended up hitchhiking to a place called Raymond's, living under a bridge to start my life over again, and like with just a backpack on my back, I went from under the bridge, homeless, nothing, to a job than to uh, having a, what's it called, uh, like a land, piece of land. I rented uh -huh. like 250 bucks a month to just live on without any fear of the concept of living under a bridge to <coughs> find, finding some people who owned a, uh, a farm mm -hmm. that was 502, legal cannabis, uh, proving myself there, working myself up to, like I said, fucking making hash and growing weed for Tommy Chong. Yeah. And uh, then I have my own brand, which is the Hash Dude. Uh, built myself up and that's when I started to say you know what I'm, I'm stable I'm happy this is what I'm doing with my life I'm going to contact my kids and so um, at that point my daughter was eight my son was nine um, I hit up my exes I was like hey you know, I'm doing good I want to be part of my kids life whatever it is I need to do I'll do uh, my son's mother didn't respond uh, my daughter's mother was like well she actually knows that, you know, her, the, her stepdad isn't her dad. She's, she's smart. She's figured it out. Um, so, and she wants to meet you. So if you want to meet her, we'll set it up. Um, my daughter's mother and I have become decent. Yep. Uh, we like, we through without the court system because, you know, she just grew up, we'll say, um, we have become decent friends-ish, and uh, I see my daughter on the regular. We started off with uh, Facebook Messenger, like video chats, but I didn't like it because, like, it feels like you're forcing a kid in front of a camera. Yeah. And you know, you're not really, you're not really conversating, you're not relating, you're not doing anything but just like right. do, doing face filters. Right. And so I, I told my ex, I was like, hey, I want to buy my daughter a switch. Because a buddy of mine that I uh, lived on the ranch with, uh, he had he was into Fortnite, right? And he got he got me into Fortnite to just do something because growing weed, dude, 
if you're doing it in the way I was, it's kind of like watching paint dry. Yep. You plant the plants, yep. and then they just grow, yeah. and you're just waiting to harvest. Yeah, and no, so, no doubt. I mean, you know, and for all the folks out there who aren't familiar, obviously I live in Michigan. <laughs> Uh, we, we're a recreational state and we've been medicinal for a while now. But uh, for all of listeners out there who don't understand and don't have the concept, um, especially, you know, you, you know, there is a little bit of in-between work. But for the most part, the plant's just growing. You know what I mean? Uh, but, you know, obviously there's your D-leaf and there's your lollipop and whatnot. Um, there's your fixing the netting where the netting, you know what I mean? There's your watering. You know what I mean? But for the most part, uh, you know, depending... I guess depending on the load, the size of the load, but I there's there's always downtime. Um, and oh yeah, so, yeah I mean man. like where I'm at right now, like I never stop. It's like hardcore agriculture industry where like every day there's always something to do. There's always a lot of work to be done. You have to care for the plants. Where I'm at because it's indoor. Where mm-hmm. I was at was greenhouse. So right. it's like you plant your plants, you do a bunch of the, the work, but like a lot of days it's like you go in, you water, and you're done. Right. And there's like when you're working a, a ranch like I was, you know, there is a lot of downtime. So I play Fortnite and I was like, hey, I'm going to buy my daughter a Switch so that me and her can hang out. I bought her a Switch, I bought her a controller, and I bought her a headset so that me and her could literally just hang out. Mm-hmm. And it was the greatest thing. Like me and her, she would get on and we would play for a couple hours and she would tell me about her day. You know, she'd go off about this. We'd spend, uh, like, she was about six hours away from me. So we spent, but like, you know, a couple hours, three, four times a week uh, together. But my son, that's where it became weird was, like, my ex would respond, and she just would ignore me, and I would say, hey, how's it doing? Can I send a Christmas gift? And she said, yeah, yeah, yeah. Send her a Christmas gift, no response to whether he got it or not. And then, out of the blue, I get a message from CTS on my messenger Facebook saying, Hey, are you the father of, uh, so-and-so? I'm like, yeah. Well, what's up? They're like, well, we've taken him into custody, him and his brother from their mom and, you know, their stepdad. And that's when it was just like, wait, what? And so there was a lot, apparently a lot of abuse going on, like, uh, not physical abuse to the kids, but like straight up the parents were fighting and neglecting the kids. A lot of problems going on in the household. And so that's when it like began with the CPS and CPS, like they, the people that the caseworkers that I had only cared about the kids and where they were going. Yes. And so it, it, I was worried because I was living in an RV. Yeah. Like I was just living a basic, like I had my daughter in my life. Uh, I had money in my pocket and I've been nomadic. Simply, I've been nomadic because my kids, because paying child support takes all your money from you. Yep. So, like, you get a job somewhere, you start working, you start making some money, you try and find an apartment. By the time you're ready to find an apartment, CP, or not CPS, but the child support finds you. Yep. And they're like, oh, you're working and making money. We're going to take a bunch of your money. Yep. And so, like, you saved up, like, two grand yep. for, like, an apartment. And then they take most of your money from your paycheck and you're like, wait, like I'm still paying for my car. I'm still paying my insurance. I'm still paying this, that. And you're taking like almost 75% of my paycheck. And it's like, how am I supposed to do this? And so you just say, fuck it. Like, uh, I'll just stop this job and I'll go to a different job. 
but it's just a repeating cycle of, all right, get a job, try and work. I'll contact, I'll contact them uh, when I have some money behind me so I can get a place. Yeah. But they find you, they find you before you can even start your life. Well, and they're like, no, we're going to take your money. Well, it, it, it's deep. It gets, it's real fucking deep. Now I know a kid. I know like, he's, this man is not a kid. He's older than me. I'm sorry. I don't know why I said kid, but I know I know a father right who was trying to get his kid, bro, all the way until she she literally just turned 18. Uh, I think in April, right? The mom fled from Missouri and she fled the, the state of Washington, and she she moved she jumped states 19 times, but her main spot was Washington. So I understand like Washington. I I'll send you I'll send you his YouTube. Um, fucking great content. I'll just tell everyone, Daniel Gaines. If you want to just look up Daniel Gaines on YouTube, this guy is fucking just the, the the way he knows his case law and the way he's maneuvering around. But man, uh, it just goes to show how much Washington they they don't want fucking fathers to be a part of the children's lives. They're they're running strict business there. But about that business, now I heard you say some pretty powerful things, man. You said that you were working at the KFC. Fucking, you went against your GM who you were living with and. Who gave you a job because he was a pedophile and you went against him and you did the right thing because who the fuck protects pedophiles? Nobody. Feed him to the sister. Fuck him. Uh, and you hitchhiked. You took a leap of faith and you hitchhiked and you ended up under a fucking bridge. That led you to growing herb and that led you to fucking finding peace. Now, as far as what you're saying about this child support thing, and it's crazy, I want to get back to the peace thing really quickly. You said that about, you know, finding peace, but there's no fucking right way for to get through somebody stealing your kid and the state just standing by and watching it happen. So we just heard a story of a man who fucking just pretty much was risked it all. He just fucking said, fuck it, put his thumb up and he took a ride from a stranger fucking somewhere. Well, I don't know the territory he was talking about because obviously I've never been as far west as Iowa, so I don't know what he's talking about, but he fucking hitchhiked down the road somewhere else and lived under a bridge and kept his faith and did not quit. Now, 21 dads a week commit suicide due to child access issues. This dad didn't do it. He kept 10 toes down. And then all leading up to, he reaches out and says, look, I'm mentally strong now. Let me try to take a step in faith and ask these people if I could, let me try again. And he, and, and he didn't quit. His, his shit is, and he sent over some stuff for his kid to the lady and she pawned it. This dude, this dude didn't quit. He stayed the course. He did not quit. So many things could have happened and he didn't quit. He fucking kept running the ball. He did not quit. He kept marching the ball down the field. He didn't quit. And all leading up to you saying, you know, you were paying $800. They wanted you to pay $800 a month in child support. Now, are you aware of Title IV, Section D? No. All right, let me tell you what this is. This was put on our Constitution in 1975. It's the Social Security Act, okay? Uh, so Title IV, Section D of the Social Security Act incentivizes the states to put people on child support because for every one dollar that the that the person pays in child support to the middleman, because, you know, every family court has a middleman. It's the fucking the, the family court, the child support 
place is called something. It's a middleman. You know what I'm saying? Now that here it's called friend of the court. Your agency's probably called something else. But anyways, uh, every time those people point their finger at someone and tell them to pay child support per dollar, they get 66 cents. Not out of the money that the dad pays, but it's free funding. And for every one dollar that the fucking dad or that the person pays in child support, that same group of people who pointed their finger get up to five bucks. Does that make sense to you? Yeah. So listen, if you put $250 into the machine and the 250 comes out the other side, but both parents don't know that a free $1,200 shoots out the top of the machine. And the government, or not the government, but the state and the same family court agency who pointed at you, they get to take the 1200 out and they pocket it. It doesn't go to the whole building. It just goes to that group of people. But it works, bro, because neither parent knows that 1200 shoots out the top of the machine. You see? Yeah. Nobody knows it's happening. So it's perfect. You know what I mean? It's perfect. And it's robbery. Because Family Court is a $50 billion a year business, right? $50 billion. The NFL only does $10 billion. These folks do $50 billion. And not anyone you ask... I know it sounds like you're in a more rural area at the moment, but you could ask everyone that you're around and then fucking spend the next fuck it. I've been spending the last year. You could ask people for the next year. Hey, have you heard of Title Four, Section D? No one has heard of this thing. man. They're making a lot of loot. And that's why the bottom line is they don't give a rat's ass about our kids. They only care about. Look, we need these people to fight. When they fight, we bring them in here. When when they come in here. We administer child support to the one who hasn't been around. Now, who's the one that hasn't been around? The motherfucker who hasn't legally really been able to be around. Because we allow this person, other person to kidnap the product and run the fuck off. You know what I mean? It's like, uh, I do want to also say a couple things. One, yes, the start over, and I did have the positive vibes, but it's not at all an easy task no. to say... To say positive vibes make for a positive life. It's not just easy. It's not easy to do it. There's moments in your life where you're 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 given a choice, and the hardest choice is to just be positive. It's not getting into a fight with somebody. It's not stating the negative about somebody. It's just you just kind of shut your mouth and you just kind of put your in a way tail between your legs and you just go with the flow, trying to do the best because you want to be a part of your kid's life. So you go, what's the way, what's the, what's the way to my kid? And it's the hardest thing to actually do. And a lot of night, dude, so many nights that like, you know, the the thoughts come to my, dude, I'm not going to deny that the thoughts didn't come to my mind about just ending it. There's, there's so many nights where I'm like, if I just end it, I won't have to think about this. I won't have to be working. You know, wanting to be my kids' life, I like they won't even know. Yep. They will never even know. They yep. won't even know that I'm gone yep. because I was never there, and they won't know that I that I did it. But in in the back of my mind, I said they would find out. They would find out that I was like I'm not gonna not gonna call anybody who has the feelings and thoughts that I have the same thing. But I would feel like I took the coward's way out, yeah. and I didn't push myself to be a better person to be in their life if, if I gave up right here right now I'm taking the coward's way out yep. and I didn't push they would they would never see that push that drive that that want to be there yep. they would just see somebody who who died they would just oh well he passed away oh he took his own life no I can now tell them that like at one point yeah. in time I, I 
sat there with a puddle of tears, just thinking about being in their life while I'm stranded in a mountain, uh, trying to, you know, I was trying to make hash uh, at a place and hoping that this, this venture, this is the one that's going to get me to succeed. And that's the one that I'm going to very proud of, yeah. but it's not working. It, it's not working the way I want and it, it might fail. And then I'm not going to see my kid and I'm just sitting there in a fucking puddle of tears because I'm not worthy of my kid. I'm not, I'm not there yet. I haven't succeeded. I haven't done anything with my life, but there's good, but it's like, you have to tell yourself today's not the fucking end. Today's not the last day of my life. There's still tomorrow. I can do something tomorrow that's better than today. And if you go with that idea, then there's a possibility that you can be a part of your kid's life. I am a one in a million concept for CPS working and my my son's mother ending up addicted to heroin and losing her kids. That doesn't happen for everybody. Right. But but it did happen for me and I do believe that it was not the, uh, okay so this is also um, nothing against people who are religious nothing against anything but I, I'm not a religious person but I do believe that the karmatic law is what rules the galaxy mm-hmm. and you put out positive vibes. If you do like, anything you can in a moment where it's like there's a positive route and a negative route, or like you see a man standing outside the road uh, and he just has a sign, if you have a bottle of water that you're like, I'm not going to drink that, give it to him. Like that's a positive vibe right there. Like you, you, you're, you're not doing it for the numbers of positivity. You're just doing it because it's something that you can do that will help somebody. And it's like, I, I, just any moment that you can think of that you have a little extra or you can do something that's better, not just for yourself, but for, you know, the, the universe in itself, yeah. that will put it out there. Yeah. And by putting it out there, there's things that can come back to you. It's not going to come to you right away. It, it, it took me, I, my do- my son is 11 years old. It took 11 years for the, like, the positive flow, but it's going. It's starting. And... It, it, it took a lot of persistence, a lot of work, a lot of a lot of severe depression, a lot of standing up to the negativity, and then literally saying, "You know what? Positive. Just put all positive out there, and something will happen. I will see my kid." So I I started seeing my daughter. Uh, I, I got a relationship with her. Me and her are hella good friends. I take her to restaurants and I force her to not order the same thing she's ordered three times, but go to the other side of the menu, order that. She tries it, she loves it, and we talk about the new things. We talk about this, we, we have a good time, we have a bonding experience. And I, I literally think it's because positive vibes make for a positive life. If you don't try and do good things with yourself and with you know everything around you, then just shit is gonna come your way. If you're just angry about what's going on and you're not putting, and you're just going around, you're being negative just because negative things are happening. Negative shit is going to come your way, but you have to throw it. You have to like sidestep it. You have to go through that shit. You have to deal with it. If you don't and you just linger on the bullshit, then all you're going to see is bullshit. Mm -hmm. Yeah, man. I think, I think that's fucking, I think that is, I think that's great insight man and me personally i am a believer but when i hear you talking bro i mean i feel like all everything you said pretty much just lines up with what i believe or what you call it or what i call it 
I wouldn't argue about it. If I see it as God and you see it as karmatic energy or karmatic law or whatever it was you had said, I, I, I think it's the same thing. But I know that I know that I know that I see the God in your heart when you say you're going to take in a human being to your home that just to save this human being. I know I hear the God in your heart when you say that you put your thumb up. That was a faithful thumb, I tell you. You slept under a bridge with a backpack on, bro, and you didn't. You like I understand it was hard times, but like you did not fold. That means you stayed faithful. You know what I mean? You kept believing good was going to come. You were cooking a batch. You, 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 you didn't just bury your, you didn't just, you know, bury your one seed. You like, you tried, you were trying, you were trying, you were trying, you plant it, you plant it, plant, you know what I mean? You try, you, you wanted it. And when you're saying that you probably, you were staying positive, I feel like when you're saying that you decided that you were going to stay positive, that was a choice. And that was not just one choice you made like one day. That was a choice you had to continuously keep making from what you were saying. And I want the listeners out there to understand what he is trying to say. What he's saying is this shit wasn't easy. Yet he, it, it looks like he's in a good spot right now, but he's trying to let you folks know that sleeping under that bridge by itself with a fucking book bag on wasn't as easy as he all made it sound in his story. It was tough. He's telling us in hindsight. I'm sure if this conversation was taken while he was sitting under the bridge with his backpack on, this would be a different convo. But he still stayed positive and got through it and got to where he was going. And I think it's super powerful because, man, the blessings that are in this, this human being's hands. This man is using something straight from the ground and making beauty with it. Now, I know not a lot of people have the opportunity to be around a bunch of, be in a room with a bunch of plants. I get that. But it takes a certain, certain people do understand that when you are in these rooms with these plants, they're alive. You play them music, you feel good. You smell them, you feel them. These things are living organisms. They're alive. You treat them good, they stretch to the sun. You neglect oh, them, yeah. they're dropping down, they're droopy, they're unhappy, they're sad, they're oh, frowny. I can go on for days about how plants vibe off our energy, man. Like, two different people can be listening to two different styles of music. But as long as you're loving the music you're listening to while you're playing with the plants and you're in a good, uh, like, a positive vibe moment, like your mind, you're listening, you're having a good time, the plants vibe off you. Yeah. Like, they're full of the energy you give off. They feed off of, man. Like, you're sitting there, you're, you're, you clean them up. You're, we call it skirting. It's also known as lollipopping. We call, I call it skirting because these are my girls, man. I want to, I want to showcase these girls. And when I put them in a mini skirt, I want them to shave their legs. I want their legs to look clean. Yeah. You know, they want to go out, they want to go out for the night. You know, like a girl wants to go out yeah. and she wants to be presentable. You know, she wants to be happy with, you know, whatever. She wants to go out with her man. She wears a skirt. She's going to shave her legs. Yeah. She's going to, you know, clean herself up. Yeah. And that's what I'm doing with the plants is I'm getting them cleaned up. And I talk to them, you know, I let them know how I feel. I love these plants. Yeah. And, like, they feed off of it and they give me good product. Like, I am very happy with the product that I smoke, that I work with uh, at the place that I said, Redbird. Yeah. They, you know, they, they grow really amazing product because they allow us to enjoy ourselves while we're doing this work. Yeah. And it, it's been, it's, they feed off the energy, we feed off their energy, because guess what? They eat CO2, they breathe oxygen. Yeah. We breathe oxygen, we uh, give off CO2. So it's like this whole like give and take. And so while we're with these plants, I'm actually getting the best oxygen I've ever been given in my life because yeah. these plants give off the purest oxygen. They yeah. filter the they filter the air and give me good oxygen. So like I'm really always happy when I'm with the plants. Not to say that um, 
So here's the other part of it. While I'm doing it, a lot of people uh, will, uh, that I've worked with and that I know, uh, my colleagues, over the years, um, when working with the plants, it's like the idea of like meditating mm -hmm. or being with like a bonsai plant. Like mm -hmm. there's a lot of people who will sit for hours and only make a few cuts on their bonsai plant because they're sitting there and they're like sculpting it to be the best plant they can mm -hmm. while also meditating with the plant because they're like, you know, it's, it's sort of like a give and take with this, with um, the earth. Mm -hmm. And that's how I feel about it is I'm sitting there with these plants and I'm taking the leaves off and I'm cleaning them up, sculpting these plants to grow the best flowers they can mm -hmm. so that it's optimum uh, products for their customers. But they're also giving me a lot in the idea that like I can meditate, I can sit, I can converse with these plants and I can actually, I can actually emotionally let myself out there to these plants in a way that most people don't understand because they're like, man, you sound weird. You're crazy. You yeah. talk to plants. Yeah. I'm like, yes, yeah. Yeah. I, I let, I emotionally open up to them. They're better than a regular therapist because yeah. I don't have to pay these bitches. Yeah. They pay me. Yeah. 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 No, <laughs> they're paying me. And to do what I love. And for the listeners out there, man, you can't, you won't get the full experience, but if you do, man, I mean, if you've ever been to, uh, fucking, uh, uh the, uh, flower department of your local fucking Home Depot or Lowe's or whatever, uh, whatever, you know, whatever store is closest to you, whatever. But if you go in the flower department, man, that little area of tiles or that room or their greenhouse back there, if you can get, if you, if you can't just smell the air and feel like you're breathing different in that air, it's almost the same, I guess, not really because you're not spending hours there, <laughs> but you know what I mean? You start talking about hours of breathing that good air. It's just something else, but I feel like that's spiritual as well, man, but there's beauty in, in the work that, you know what I mean? There's beauty in that work. There's beauty that you get to be around that and see that because, I mean, I guess I guess more and more people are coming around to it, but the, the, the truth of the matter is, bro... Marijuana helps depression. You know what I mean? Marijuana helps so. inflammation. Marijuana helps. There's so many things it helps. Like, it's, it's not, there's not, it's not a secret that it's clearly is. The, the white coats in the bin, in the, in the dot, in the, uh, the pharma industry has benefited most off of it being completely illegal for all this time. They're the biggest benefactors because they've been coming up with all these drugs and getting paid big. And so when there's something clearly here that can make cement, that can make plastic, that can make clothes, that can make the list goes on. You know what I mean? It's, it's yeah. So you're doing something so that's, powerful. That's another thing is like parents will move their kids and their whole lives to a state where it's recreationally or medically legal just so they can get medical attention to their child that they need that cannot be given to them through pharmaceutical means, but can be given to them through cannabis but it's illegal in their state. So yeah. parents will literally uproot their lives just to help. People always try and give me the, oh, well, think about the children. Children are going to have access to cannabis. And then I show them a video of a child yeah. who's going through an epileptic yeah. uh, seizure yeah. and being treated with cannabis. Yeah. And it, the seizure is eliminated in a second because of a topical rub. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, think about the children. The yeah. fact that the children can be helped and can be like, not cured, but they can actually live a normal life because of cannabis. Yeah. And tell me how the government is right for keeping it illegal. And I've had people sign a petition because back in the day, I went door to door. While, uh, this was uh, before I had my son. 
I went door to door having people sign a petition showing them videos of kids, you know, going through epileptic seizures and getting, like, not cured, but, you know, yeah. their seizure being stopped yep. the moment it's happening because of cannabis. And they signed the petition to get cannabis legal in Washington. Yep. And here it is, man. Rick Simpson oil. You know what I'm saying, bro? I seen honey oil really stop a guy's seizures. Now, I don't know what condition he had, but, like, he, like, my cousin showed him, like, he, he's like, man, you should try some oil. You know, this shit is medical. He went out, he got his card, he comes, he's like, so now what? He sends him to the dispensary, he gets some fucking oil, and he comes back, and literally this thing changed his life. He brought over his medications, he fucking puts them on the table, he says, here, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna leave these over here because this thing really saved my life. And when I saw that, I was like, bro, this shit is really helping people. This shit is really, really helping people. I've seen a dying dog. I've seen marijuana help. That's just, it's so many. I, I, can send you, I can send you a video of a guy who's got the most severe MS you've ever seen in your life. MS. He walks into a room, yeah, uh, multiple sclerosis. Yep, yep. He walks into a room and he's like shaking. He can't control himself. And he sits down. The guy gives him his first ever joint. It's like, here, take a hit of this. And the guy, he can't even hit it properly. So the guy lights it and then like puts it in his mouth. He takes two hits. And then he literally is a normal human being. He can talk for the yeah. first time. Yeah. He can, like, write for the first time. He can, like, he's like, whoa. Yeah, I'm, man. I'm normal. But, like, the thing about it was, like, so also going on the topic of cannabis, I am able to tell my CPS caseworker yeah. um, that, hey, like, I know that you know, all this is going on. It's like, it's nerve-wracking at first because... They're like, oh, what do you do for a living? And it's like, well, I live in Washington. Um, cannabis is legal here. I just want you to know that uh, it's a job. She's like, oh, do you, are you? Uh, do you work in a dispensary? I'm like, no, I'm actually a grower. She's like, oh, that's awesome. <laughs> and it's like, wait, wait, wait. Did somebody from the government who's like dealing with like kids say that it's awesome? Right. She's like, she's like, well, it's a good job. Like, every like it's like through through COVID, it was a. Um, what, what, what do they call us? Uh, we were a... Uh, essential workers. Uh, we were essential workers because, and the only reason is because um, cannabis was medical before it was recreational. Yeah. So there was people who stopped having their medical card because they can get it recreationally and didn't need their medical card so they can just get it recreational so that when COVID hit and it was like, all right, what's an essential worker? We're medical before yeah. we're recreational. So yeah. we're essential for the people who need the medicine. Yeah, yeah. And so I never stopped working. So all these motherfuckers, like my son's mother, uh, she's been getting $2,000 a month mm -hmm. uh, unemployment mm -hmm. through all of COVID. And I have, for the most part, not made that myself. As a worker, mm -hmm. I haven't made that. And then I also pay child support. Mm -hmm. So it's like she's getting this free money and using it to buy heroin and doing whatever she wants. And I am struggling and paying my child support to keep my driver's license, which is another thing. If you don't pay your child support, you start accidentally missing it because something <laughs> happens. They take your license. They send you to jail. Mm -hmm. And, and, again, so 
And again, man, I want to throw this out there. I say this on a lot of podcasts, and, and, and it's relevant for this one as well. And the reason why they want to take your license is so that you jump on a road, drive with your license suspended, and fucking go to jail. Um, and then get yourself on probation. And then fuck up your probation. And then be in their system. And then the list goes on because you know why? I don't know about Washington, but in Michigan, we have 32 prisons. Of those 32 prisons, only one of those is for women. That's only 1,100 beds out of 40,000 plus that are get a prison beds for women. Now, I live in the metro Detroit area and when I turn on my news there's at least four women felons on the news I'm going to go ahead and say a week so the 1100 beds is not enough you know what I mean there's, there's life, life a, a person who's probably going to get life on, on my news is not rare to be a female it's not rare so how the hell we only got 1100 beds so at the end of the day what I'm saying is it's more, it's more beneficial there's more money in trying to just keeping it, you know what I mean? Keeping the money and keeping the pressure on dads. And it's fucked up because look at you just what you just said, man. You've been working, you ain't stopped. Why you gotta keep, because they don't give a fuck about you or your well being. You know, I just got sole physical custody of my kids. And guess what, bro? My, my baby mom, she only has to pay $149.90 for two kids, bro. For real. That's, that's nothing. Dog, it's nothing. It was supposed to be 427 for two kids, but the judge said, I'll give you a 65% discount. And you know what? Um, and what we'll do is, cause she didn't want to leave her with $58 left over for the month, but her having $58 left over for the month, that right there is not nobody over here's problem it's not your problem the judge don't care that you don't have no money so it's not that i don't want to have no sympathy but i feel like what about dads like you you know what i'm saying aj you had to pay 800 you're talking about your license being suspended bro and like when i'm saying 800 i'm talking also about back in the day when i was you know working just a regular joshua job uh i'm a minimalist so like i'm not I'm not no engineer. I'm not making hundreds of thousands of dollars, you know, a year. I'm working a Joe Schmo job just making, like, you know, maybe $20,000 a year. Right. Making, like, $1,200 a month, and they're taking 800 out of that 1200 So, how, how am I, like, if I make my 1200 I can provide for my kids. I can provide my, I can provide for my life. But that money isn't going to my kid. Yeah. I found out, you know, my ex was using it for pills and for tattoos and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, there's no auditing, but now if I get my, if I get my kid and I get, uh, his brother, they're going to audit all the money. Yep. They're going to be like, Hey, what are you spending the money on? It's like, why don't you ask my ex that? What yeah. did she spend all the money on? Why don't you audit the money that she was given? Yeah. Why are you checking? Why are you doing checks and balances on me and not her? Right. Man, that's another crazy thing. Like, bro, so this lady was addicted to heroin. She is, not was, not was, is right now addicted to heroin and fentanyl. And that means your son and, and his brother have seen some pretty fucked up stuff, bro, and been a part of it. Yeah, they're, uh, my son, like, his brother isn't as bad affected, but, like, my son, he was playing the fucking parent. I found that out. Like, he was playing, you know, taking care of his brother. He was the one doing everything, making her breakfast, making her lunch, like, take, like <laughs> going to school and back, making sure he was all good. My son's fucking just turned 11. Hey, and so he's, he's 11, but he has your heart. He has your heart in him, bro. <laughs> yeah, so that's also why, like, uh, I'm 
you know, the CPS is working for me to get his brother mm-hmm. is because of the semi-codependency he has with his brother. Like, mm-hmm. uh, they don't they don't want to split up the brothers. So, my son is my son. Legally, um, I as the, the alleg- so here's the fucked up thing is that when they contact me, they're like, all right, the allegations against you. I'm like, wait, what allegations? What have I done? They're like, well, okay, I know it's hard to say allegations, but what it is is you don't have a relationship with him and we didn't know where you were. Mm-hmm. And so, like, back in the day, they'd be like, oh, like, you know, this parent's fucked up. They have this whole custody. We're just going to give them to the other parent. Mm-hmm. They won't do that nowadays. They're like, all right, you have to establish a relationship. We have to uh, inspect your house. Mm-hmm. We have to make sure that you go through a parenting class. We have to make sure that you're stable. Make sure everything this and that about you. And then, you know, you can get your kid. Um, so I've, I've literally worked every step of the process. I've achieved the parenting class certificate. I've been in contact with CPS, uh, more than enough. They actually really love me. Um, I've been in contact with my lawyer and my lawyer, you know, he's doesn't, he doesn't care cause he's, you know, not paid by me. Mm-hmm. He's just a, um, given to me basically, but like I've done everything I have to, and now I am getting sole custody of my son. Mm-hmm. And then, through getting sole custody of him, CPS is then claiming me as a family resource. It's a new thing that they can do, mm-hmm. to where I'm not just a random person. I am my son's father with custody of him, which then makes me a resource for his brother that I can be a guardian or foster parent, you know, and they'll, they'll put him under guardianship with me. Um, as long as the father says it's all right. Cause the mom, you know, she literally burnt down an RV on a uh, highway overpass while high on heroin or whatever. Like, bro, what the fuck burnt down an I, RV? What the fuck? I will send you pictures of the burnt down RV where they got, they interrupted the, five or six o'clock news because they're uh she burned down an rv on a highway overpass it literally was on fire and that video it was fucking crazy dude send it to me on facebook real quick while we're chatting we'll play the audio while we're rolling dude all right i can do that hang on but yeah so dog what the (laughs) fuck man this is just ridiculous because dog why is your 11 year old son also, I don't know if people are paying attention, but I, I, I messed this up a little bit. It doesn't necessarily sound like um, AJ even knows this other boy as well. Because how? Because he doesn't even know his own fucking son right now because he's been fucking, it's, his son got kidnapped. So he doesn't know his own son really at this point. He's learning him. Well, he's learning him right now. But like I'm saying, I want people to see what a hero this dude is. I want folks to see he doesn't feel like he's a believer, but for my listeners, I want to let y'all know, can you hear the God in this human being's heart? It don't matter if he call it that or not. If he calls it kinetic energy, whatever the hell he call it, I say that's the God in his heart. He knows it's what it is. I say, man, I feel like to me, in my spirit, I feel like that. I, there's God written right across his chest, pumping in this human being. I'm working through this guy, AJ. I'm working through him, bro. Because I just, I just sent you the pictures on a face or on the Facebook Messenger. Oh yeah, you uh. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Okay. So uh, right right now I'm looking at a. Uh, there's an overpass. There's an RV burning from top to bottom with heavy black smoke. Uh, was there uh? 
Uh, is was there a news clip on it? Uh, so the, there's one of the pictures that I sent you. It has NBC right now, Tri Cities. At eight twenty p.m. is when they kind of interrupted the their news and they were like reporting on it. My friend sent me. Uh, he sent me a video clip a while ago of like him watching the news. And he had heard, like, he had heard it, and then he, like, started recording. He's like, dude, is that, is this that picture of your ex? And it's like, yep, that's her. <laughs> Duh. Duh, I'm gonna try to pull it up on the tube here, see if we can pull it up. No, it doesn't look like we're, we're, it doesn't look like we're, uh, it doesn't look like I'm seeing it, uh, but, uh, to, at any rate, um, Fucking, it's still just crazy, man, because it's like, man, the fact that your 11-year-old son was taking care of, was running the house, uh, that your spirit um, was putting him without him even really knowing who you are, that's just crazy shit, bro, because it's like, you know, this whole time you just wanted him to know, but I, I, I just want to say all things happen for a reason, bro, because like, you know, you keep calling, you know, so I was working a Joe, Blo- Joe Schmo job or whatnot, but... You took, you did some pretty heroic things. You know, you did, you took some pretty bold, faithful steps throughout that process to end, to, 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 to transition to where you are now. When you start to think about what you've done since you put your thumb up and got on that road and since you, since you turn your back on your man who was a pedophile, when you, since you done that, bro, it's, it's been all faith, man. Now listen, uh, when Joseph, I know you ain't really a believer, but when Joseph told, when Joseph, when uh, the Pharaoh's wife or whoever the hell's wife tried Joseph, he told her, hell no, I'm not fucking with you, lady. You go with him. I, why would I do it with you when you go with him? That is wrong. Get the fuck. Stop. And what she do? Oh, I'm going to say he tried me and gets this guy in trouble. He goes to jail, but he makes the most of it while he's there. You know what I mean? And I feel like that's kind of what happened, man. In this situation, you fucking made the most out of it. You know what I mean? You've, you've been, you've been trying and now your hands create gold. You know what I mean? Man, they say money don't grow on trees, but me and you both know that's a lie. You know what I'm saying? You, your hands are golden at this point. You can do, dog, it's so, it's so miraculous what God has done, bro, in this story and in this situation through you. You know what I mean? But this lady burning down an RV on a highway overpass, bro. Come on. That can't happen. You know what I'm saying, AJ? That can't happen. What I did want to say was that, like, in regards to the whole story, is that anybody can anybody can do it. You just have to have the fucking strength, yep. the willpower to do it. Like, you, like, I hear it too often. I hear it so often. Oh, there's no jobs. I can't get a job. I just, I don't have, I don't have skills. You have to. You have to try. You have to, like, not, like, so, uh, um, uh, this one dude who was born uh, from the same lady I was born from, Mm -hmm. like, he always told me the negatives of, like, oh, man, fast food workers aren't workers. And then when COVID hit, he was out of the job. He had no money. He couldn't do anything. I was like, well, guess who's still working? He's like, who? I was like, fast food workers, go get a job, you fucking lazy fuck. (laughs) (laughs) And he's like, oh, I have a college degree. I'm above that. And I was like, well, guess what? They're making money and you wait. Your college degree don't mean shit. I don't give a fuck. They're hiring. 
every like there's there's jobs everywhere. You just have to actually humble yourself and start somewhere. Yeah. And if you have the determination and the want, then you can work your way up. Like you don't like just because you start at a position at a pay rate doesn't mean that's where you're always going to be. Mm. That job can lead to more successful uh, like career choices, more successful life choices. Just start somewhere. It's just the idea that oh, I won't start there because it's this is bullshit. Yeah, and I think that people, especially I don't know, like the new age kids. They just expect to be given shit, and they don't want to earn a goddamn thing, and that's fucking stupid. I think anybody who says that a fucking fast food worker is a lowly person can go fuck themselves, Mm -hmm. because they don't know how hard of workers those fucking 15, 16, 17-year-olds are compared to some of these lazy motherfuckers that I see working office jobs, and... These office job workers talk shit about the lowly fucking fast food, but they go over and order from fucking Wendy's for their lunch. <laughs> no, man, that's a great point, man. If somebody's fucking out there working and putting their knuckles down, man, some of those young folks need to, they're learning how to work. They're still in school. They're learning the purpose of work. They're, fi- they're finding out who they are in the work field. They're finding out what works best for them. They're finding out their work routine. They're finding out getting used to getting a check. And then there's other people who shit right now, $15 an hour fuck they'll walk right into mcdonald's and get the job done whatever the case man that's those people's walk man there was a point i had to go back to fast food for just a second it's a pizza parlor but i mean i like making pizza because i love pizza but like when my daughter was first born i didn't want to fucking ever make another pizza a day in my life unless i was at home doing the fucking DiGiorno. but guess what i did it because my daughter was born and instead of driving far for work and making more money i was like bro no no fuck that for these couple months i'm gonna i'm gonna work soup i'm gonna work out longer hours here, but at least if something happens, I can fucking jog home if I need. You know what I mean? Well, and then some of these workers are people like me, you, and other people who have kids that can't, that, that just don't have the ability to go out for these fucking, you know, high-paying jobs. They just need a job to pay for their shit, mm-hmm. and their job is to be a fucking fast food manager, or something like that. You know, mm-hmm. and they're getting yelled at by these fucking assholes. And it's like, dude, they're just trying to do their job. Right. Like they are like they are trying to just do their job. Go to work, do their job so they can go home to their kids yeah. and do their family shit. But yet like people talk shit about them and it's like, man, fuck you. Yeah. Like I've I've stood there or you know, I didn't just stand there, but I'll tell you this. I stood there while this I'm sitting there, you know, I worked at a dispensary and so two stories about working at the dispensary. One I watched a guy walk into the middle of traffic crying his eyes out because his wife had just left him with their kids and he was trying to kill himself through traffic because it was Seattle. And the cops showed up and arrested him uh, for causing a disturbance. But like, dude, we sat there, we we had it all on video and we watched it like later, like you can hear him like walking out there crying. He just ran out. He barely got missed by a car and then all the other cars obviously started stopping and like called the cops on him. But, like, he literally just ran out to try and kill himself because of, you know, uh, his wife taking off with his kids. And he had had nothing to provide. He was ex-military. He had no job. He came back and shit just didn't go well for him. And he tried to kill himself. Mm -hmm. Um, But then another time, I remember going across the street to Little Caesars to have a pizza. And I was sitting there waiting, like, the guy behind the counter, the manager kid, who was probably, you know, 22, maybe 23, Mm -hmm. uh, 
he, I was like, hey man, can I get this pizza? He went in and he like looked at the ones they had ready to go. You know, Little Caesars ready to ready to go. Mm-hmm. And he looked at it. He's like, hey man, this one ain't good, bro. Like it's been here a little bit too long. Do you mind waiting like five minutes? I'll get you a fresh one. Mm-hmm. Um, I just got done smoking some weed. I'm like, yeah, I can wait a few minutes for a fresh pizza. Dude, that's the shit. Thank right. you, man. Right. This this lady comes in like two minutes while I'm sitting there waiting, and she starts freaking out on him. The story happens like she probably called in, but here's the story: she went and got her pizza. She went to the parking lot, handed her pizza to her five year old kid. He dropped it in the parking lot, and she was demanding. Uh, a new pizza for it. What? And she's freaking out on this kid, like about how he's a piece of shit and he needs to give her a new pizza. He's like, it's policy. Like, you left with it. I can't do anything. Like, there's nothing I can do. I can't just, you know, give you a pizza and, like, not bring it in and this and that. She's freaking out. And I sat there for a minute or two and I thought it was just, I had enough of it. I was like, hey, dude, it's five fucking dollars. Go into your wallet, get five dollars for a new pizza. If you can't afford that, go fuck yourself. Because it's only five fucking dollars, and you're the dipshit who gave it to a five-year-old kid. And oops, it fucking fell. Guess what? You're a fucking dipshit. Stop yelling at this kid, and he can't yell back at you. He can't defend himself. Because if he defends himself against you being a cunt, then guess what? He gets fucking fired. And he, all he has to do is say you're wrong, and he'll probably get fired. You'll call. You'll you'll make a big fuss. You'll be a complete cunt and get him fired. And she looks at me, she's like, what do you do for a living? I'm like, I work across here at the dispensary. She's like, oh, you fucking bum. I looked at her, I was like, bitch, look at my shoes. These are brand new fucking Jordans. <laughs> and, like, yeah, like, it was a thing, because where I where I actually was working was in Seattle in a pretty ghetto place. Uh, I got a lot I got, I got, got a lot of remarks because I was a white boy wearing Jordans by a bunch of the homeboys in the fucking head. Like, What's up, bro, dude? What's my skin, bro? And I was like, rock on, dude. Yeah, no. And that's what's beautiful. Where I grew up was in the hood. I, I knew some people who ran a block. You know, it's like, I, I'm, I'm, not, <laughs> I'm not a small-town little dude. Right. And... So this chick fucking all up in this kid's grill. I'm just flipping out. And, like, a couple of my buddies were outside. And they kind of, like, looked at me. They saw me yelling at her. And they kind of gave me the, y'all good? And I just laughed. And they laughed when I pointed at my shoes. And I pointed at her. And they just started laughing. And I grabbed my, like, she ended up fucking leaving without a pizza. Because I fucking went off on her. She was going off on the outside. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. I get outside. They're like, they can't I come out. They're like, bro, did you just point out your Jordans to that dumb bitch. I'm like, yeah, they're like, bro, that's the shit. <laughs> All right, man. He's like, that shut that bitch up, which is you pointing at the Jordans and her realizing that you had like $300 pair of shoes on. <laughs> that shit is like, crazy, man. And then like, you know, you got those J's on, man, but... I mean, they didn't just appear on your feet. You know what I mean? Like, you fucking slept under a brick. Like, that that was a movie before you got in them J's. You know what I mean? But, like, the person... It doesn't mean you can't stop in a motherfucking tell a person to treat another person like a human because I'm very sure that if you would have had dropped your damn pizza throughout the process, you wouldn't have went in there and fucking treated nobody bad because, again, you know what I mean? That's not the type of human being you are. You know what I mean? It's God in your heart, you know? It's also the fact that, like, the dude behind the counter made it a point to be like, hey, man, the one I got right now, it ain't so good, bro. Uh, let me get you a fresh one. Let me get you a good one. Yeah. you right. And I was like, cool, dude. I got no problem waiting for that. Good customer service. Like, you know, in your mind, you're like, oh, that's some good-ass customer service. Yeah. Fuck yeah. That's a good-ass motherfucker. After this lady to come in and just start yelling at this fool, huh. he's a POS because he works at a Little Caesars, and she thinks little of him. It's like, bitch, fuck you. 
Yeah. Grab five dollars out of your purse. If you ain't got that five dollars to pay for a fucking pizza, then fuck you for being a <laughs> fucking cunt. I'm sorry for using the word cunt, but I will use it. <laughs> nah, man, you speaking freely, man, and we're two dads talking. We've covered a lot of ground because fucking the reason why is because, bro, all of this is taking place while we've talked about all these things, and I want everyone to understand. Everything we've talked about that like we're like, well, this doesn't this isn't them talking about being dads. Yes, the fuck it is. He's doing all this while he didn't have his kids. We're talking about surviving. We're talking about everyday day to day. You know what I mean? This is about this is this is this. We're two dads really talking. This is the real thing, man. You know what well, I mean? Like, how would I want my son to be? Like in that situation, would yep. I want my son to just let somebody berate somebody yep. because they think they're better than that person because that person works at a you know a fast food place rather than you know whatever the hell she does. Nah, dude, that motherfucker is doing a good thing and he's working his ass off. You see him sweating and serving you. Like, be respectful. Like, mm-hmm. I'm gonna treat my, I'm gonna tell my son the words that you use in my household are yes sir, yes ma'am, thank you sir, thank you ma'am. Like, yes, a sir and ma'am are what my dad built me on. Like, mm-hmm. I know my dad wanted to be a dad and he had me say sir and ma'am. If I didn't say sir and ma'am he was a little old school he would remember and I'd be at home and just out of nowhere I'd get a smack on the side of my head what the what was that for he's like well that's one out of four I'm like one out of four what times you didn't say sir right and it's like oh man like so it just gets embedded to be respectful and that has helped me throughout my life like to where no matter what at my work it doesn't matter who I'm talking to I'm respectful like if somebody doesn't matter if they're above or below me has a question it's like, oh, yes, sir, I can help you with that. And it's like, people notice that. Like, mm-hmm. people will notice when you, you know, you are respectful. And they will as well show respect to you. Mm-hmm. And then with that becomes, you know, it becomes an everyday thing. And then it's just, you are a respectable person. Mm-hmm. You're not a douchebag who just like, you know, talks shit. You know, you're not trying to be cool. You're not trying to be Mr. Cool by saying annoying or bullshit things you know mm-hmm. you're just you know everywhere you are you know if you're at a restaurant and you're sitting down and the waitress comes up do you know what you want yes ma'am yeah you know it's yeah. simple things like that that i want to instill in my child that i never had the opportunity to and mm-hmm. that nobody knows i wanted to do that because it didn't matter it didn't matter that I wanted to, to raise a child it only mattered that the child was with the mother and she's getting money that's the only thing that mattered. It didn't matter that he's not being raised properly yeah. or that, you know, he's being raised in a household where the parents are yelling at each other and he's crying every night because he's having to protect his brother. That doesn't matter. Yeah. He had a, he had a roof and there was, you know, the mother. There's that's the mother. And, and, but that's not right though, because me and you both know that you're the better parent in this situation. And if you were the better parent today, well, you were the better parent when you moved her to you the first time and you tried to co-parent. You were the better parent then. The only reason you were robbed out of the opportunity is because this lady decided she was in the, she wanted to get more high than just herb and she wanted to take it to the next level without really, you know what I'm saying? Taking your advice. And it, it, you know, so that you were just robbed and swindled out of it. It's not like, you know what I mean? So I think you were the parent the entire time. I mean, you could tell that you already, you, if you were going to be the father to that child, when she first said you were going to be down, you were at the appointment when they gave out the date. So it's, you were on track to be at these appointments. So that's what I'm saying. Like you were there, bro. It's not, you know, it's very clear to me. 
You know, you were robbed out of this opportunity. And your son is going to see that you were robbed out of this opportunity in time when he gets to you and he gets to spend time with you, hang out with you, enjoy nature with you. The the, the small times that's going to let him know, like, damn, man, this dude would have been here for me this whole time. This other person just decided they were going to steal me. You know what I mean? And then they'll see that the love is genuine. They'll see that you really didn't want to miss not one day, not one minute, not one second. You didn't want to miss him's first steps. You didn't want to miss his first time to school. You didn't, we would have never condoned to him being in any of them situations and it never would have happened with you around or by but he'll find out that you literally had no idea where this lady was and she didn't want you to know he'll find out yeah exactly. you know what i mean and not only that but like i want also people to understand that i'm not a vindictive person to where yeah. even though all this shit was done to me everything i've gone through the moment that like his mom and his stepdad are like hey can we have a visit Yes, you were in his life the whole time, and I don't want him to go through some. I don't want. I'm not going to put some negative shit into his mind about you. Yeah. I'm going to let like you're his mom. Like, yes, you can see him if you want to. Also, I'm going to say this. Like this, if people want to get upset about what my theory is, I, I don't give a fuck. She needs to be clean and sober to see my child. Like, I don't think that it's right for her to just be given a free reign. You know, because I was robbed the whole time but I do believe that she needs to also earn uh, her spot in his life because I have fucking struggled to try and be in his life so with you being just given free reigns to have him and fucking it up so bad that CPS had to get involved you need to earn yourself back in you just lost everything so earn it back show me that you want to be in my kid's life that you want to be in your kid's life and go to go to go to the classes. Go to the NA. Go to the meetings. Get a sponsor. Let me be in contact with your sponsor. Let me know what's going on with your you know your problems, and let me know what's going on with your recovery. If you're not going to recover, then like, dude, I don't think that you should be there because you're just a, a you're just a native. Yeah, it certainly wasn't right that she took him from you. And, and it's beautiful. And, and, and the listeners out there need to, need to really take heed to the mercy and the grace that's in your heart, man. And that, that's, 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 that's a spirit on you, bro. That's a spirit on you. And I'm going to tell you what, man. That's, 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 I recognize that spirit. Everything you said thus far has been pretty godly without you being in the word. Cause sometimes it ain't on you, bro. It's in you. You know what I'm saying? And this is one of them situations. You're showing mercy. You're saying, I don't want to do that, but it's, you're, you're, you're perfectly right. This person shouldn't have to. Should, you should, it's not that, it's just this person should have to, it should, there should be some bit of normalcy in her actions before you fucking just hand your kid back over. Because these situations aren't, this situation that you're in with these, this kid is in, is these children are in, is not normal. Not normal. That's not normal, man. Fentanyl and heroin, not normal. There's no way to spend fentanyl and heroin being good. One bad hit of that fit. And you are laid out, OD'd on the floor, or dead. This shit is yeah. not a game, man. Not a game, like, man. My CPS caseworker doesn't actually give her much of a chance of living for too long because of what she's going through and what she's on. And she's like, I, she doesn't know how to go about dealing with her 
but she knows that with me, it's the right path. So she's put everything, she's put all her eggs into me uh, to take to take on both the kids. The, mm-hmm. the stepdad dude, he ended up in jail. So another crazy concept is, like, they were all this and that together, blah, 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 but he goes to jail, and she's immediately with, like, two other dudes while he's in jail. Yeah, and man, like, and while your like, fucking kids are around. And yeah, she's, like, she's been posting all the, craziest things if I sent you some of the shit she posts man just like the screenshots that I've been saving like for the CPS and like for my case like nothing is about wanting her kids back nothing is about trying to get her kids back or bettering her life it's all about her wanting um, attention and you know needing a snuggle buddy also needing rides here and there because she has no car she's homeless she has nothing blah blah blah. it's all a pity me pity me pity me not a how can i better my life can somebody help me is there anything i can do is there a job out there or is there this is that to help with the idea of getting our kids back none of it is like that it's all just i need attention somebody love me and Whereas, if you were to look at my Facebook post, you would see basically nothing. Because I don't really post anything, nothing about my personal life. Because I'm just so steadfast and focused Mm -hmm. on, like, just getting my, like, if you were to talk to any of my coworkers, any of my friends like that, the only thing I talk about or think about is my son. And, like, like, I love my daughter. Like, don't let anybody forget that I have a daughter. I love her. But I moved over to where I'm at about, uh, so in August to be closer to my daughter the day I my last day at my last job uh, the next day I was working my new job so I didn't miss any days between two jobs I literally put in my two weeks and then the last day of my last job I moved six hours away to where I'm at now and I started my new job just to be closer to my daughter so I can get set up to have my son so that my son and my daughter can be close to each other it's that time Um, yes yeah so like and when I moved from where I was I was making really good money I had my RV in an RV park I have good recommendations there was living there for a little over a year my job I was a little over a year there but I was like I'm gonna move to be close to my daughter and get my son back and so I put in my two week notice I moved but the thing about it was I moved with just my car and I was living in my car in front of Anytime Fitness and I started over again because I wanted, I knew positive vibes will make for a positive life. I'm going to move here to be close to my daughter and try and get my son back and I'll do whatever I have to. So I started my new job. I was working there, just living in my car in front of Anytime Fitness, taking showers at the Anytime Fitness, working at like... I'll do a bullshit workout just to take a shower and charge up my phone, keep my stuff, you know, everything charged by plugging in at any time, and then going to work every day, getting off, going in my car, driving at any time, and then staying there until I had enough money to rent a room in an apartment. And then after a while there, my boss at my work was like, hey, man, I actually have a house that I rent a room out of, and I wouldn't care if, you know, you wanted your son there and they'd allow it. Right. I was like, well, let me talk to CPS. And CPS was like, actually, just so you know, like, you can have just a roof over your head. We'll be cool. As long as it's a safe place for your son and, you know, you and your roommate uh, can pass a background check, basically. Right. And it was easy. Like, he's like, yeah, I can do that. I have no problem. My fucking boss is the coolest person. And he's helping me build a bed for my son. Like, from scratch. Like, because that's what he does in his side. 
is build beds for people and like make these beautiful beds. And he's like, Hey man, I'll, I'll actually help you build one dude. So you can have your son and like positive vibes make yep. for a positive life. Yeah. Like I, I would not have met him. I would not be where I'm at if it wasn't for just putting out positive energy to the, to the, you know, to the atmosphere. Yeah. And yep. now I'm here. And because I'm here, I can actually have my son. And, it's the greatest gift in the world. And, like, I've had many of, like, happy, tearful nights since, because it's like, I'm actually getting my son. Yeah. I'm actually, I'm actually getting him. He's going to live with me. He doesn't know it yet. We've had our, uh, every week we have a visit. His grandma almost fucked up for herself because she wasn't really, you know, caring too much about the visits and it was just kind of putting it off to the side but the CPS worker like contacted her was like hey if you don't give him his visits you're going to be held and you know it's against the law for you to do that right so she was she's been adamant she, she contacts me constantly lets me know what's going on with him keeps in contact really better and she's even finally admitted about him coming to live with me and has been like hey um, he just got a couple geckos from uh, a friend of mine uh, when he comes to live with you can he have them like that was the first recognition that she's ever given that he's going to come to live with me mm-hmm. that it's not like a thing that could happen or it's you know we don't know what's going to happen it's no he's going to live with you uh, can he have these geckos yes. and I was like it's out of her yeah. control yeah and so like it's just we haven't told the kids yet because like the his brother thing like we don't want to you know because he is 11 he had this shit happen he's going through a lot of emotional shit yeah and there's you know therapy needed there's IEP which is in, uh, independent educational uh, programs mm-hmm. that we have to deal with because you know he's going through mentally a lot of shit and a lot of kids do and so we haven't told him that for a little bit he's going to be separated from his brother until I'm approved to be his guardian and then we'll get his brother so we're not going to tell him until he's actually moving in with me to be like hey man like it's going to be you and me and then your brother's coming too it's all set up it just takes a minute so we don't want him to go through any stress right 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 but like I've already talked to the school he's going to I've already done everything I need to for him to be here and it's just it's a lot and it's been a very emotional time and it's just it is really hard and I know there's a lot of men out there that dream about where I'm at right now Mm -hmm. Um, and they may be in the beginning process it may have just happened last week and they don't see the light they're only seeing darkness Mm -hmm. but there can't be darkness if there wasn't light at some point and there's light at the end of the tunnel I promise you it's just a lot of work and a lot of struggle Um, and I know that a lot of men out there are literally just wanting to just fucking cry and they're wanting to end it and I would say don't because we a lot of us have been there and a lot of us never succeeded but there are people out there. There are many Facebook pages. Um, if you're struggling, to be honest, dude, like Father's Rights Movements, look it up on Facebook. There's a lot of pages, a lot of fathers out there going through a lot of shit. And we're all there for you, for when you need it. And I know that my story of me actually getting my son is a rarity. Um, I, I know that, but 
is there's a possibility with with the possibility there's the light and so just look for the light is all I can tell somebody because your kids need you and if you think that they that you'll never get them you, it's the wrong thought right. the thought is that you will see them have the thought the knowledge that you will see them one day and you need to be the strongest you when you see them yeah. because even if you feel weak find the strength there's a lot of times where i'm with my daughter i'm with her and i'm surprised that i'm with her and i'm just like i i i'll say it to you i think this the i i thank god yeah. that i didn't do anything yeah. when the thoughts came yeah. because if i did i wouldn't have that moment or those moments, yeah. or I wouldn't see my daughter skating on an ice rink for the first time, yeah. which I did just a couple of weeks ago. Got to, I got to take her to her first ice skating. Uh, I take her to the movies. You know, I take her. I took her to Ghostbusters because I love Ghostbusters, and she fell in love with it. Hey man, talk, talk to me a little bit because you're talking right now about when you're saying you're seeing her doing these things, man. You're saying like, all right, I'm feeling God like. In like at the ice skating rink with you, he's right there with you as she's skating. And then you say like, you know, when you said like, just having just a little bit of possibility, there's a little bit of light. Uh, what I what we what I would say was, man, faith the size of a mustard seed. If that fucker is, it could be so small, but you plant that bad boy, Shazam, we got action. You know what I mean? Any seed, fuck it, a gelato seed. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You plant that bad boy, man. You get you get one of them bad boys right. Just one of them just one of them and you got action forever you eating off of clones forever forever you dip it in your purple sauce and hit it in the, and hit it in the fountain water you know what i'm saying you talking about clone eggs yeah <laughs> um, yeah so I, I also want to plant this seed i know that not everybody listens to the same music yep, yep. um but i want to plant this one seed of music to everybody out there listening it's a song called Strength of the Mind by a band called Kill Switch Engage. Um, they, they wrote a song that helped me through the hardest of the hardest times I could ever imagine. The song is called Strength of the Mind. And if you are in your lowest place, I would suggest listening to this song. I would say listen to it, read the lyrics, and let it let it flow let it flow through you listen to what they're saying because you're not alone in the concept of the darkest place you've ever been you're not alone but it's only you that can bring yourself up mm -hmm. it's like just because like everybody says oh you need you know a town to come together to lift you up but if you don't want to be lifted you're dead weight yep. if you don't want to be lifted then you won't rise up. You have to let yourself acknowledge everything you're going through and that it's, that's not going to kill you. Mm -hmm. These thoughts, these memories aren't going to kill you, but they are the strength. Like uh, what he says is take all, 
Oh man, uh, let me let me grab the lyrics real quick on my phone. Oh yeah, go ahead, man. And and music um, man, gets gets folks through it, man. Music, music can get you through it, man. Music can really get you through it. Be it faithful music, be it fucking rap, be it rock and roll, it can get you through it, man. I mean, workout and working out and music got me through not seeing my kids, and then faith got me through the end. You know what I mean? The faith got so, me through the end, bro. Music. So if I may, if I may read this to you, yeah, like, yeah, I'll, I'll read it quick, but I'll read, I want to read the whole thing to you real quick. Yeah. It's not too much. So from the beginning, uh, strength in the song is called "Strength of the Mind" by Killswitch Engage. The lyrics are: Looking back on the life that I lived, what I leave behind, mistakes and memories serve to remind. They serve me to remind. The reflection staring back from the mirror no longer looks like me strength of the mind to fight what's inside it takes the strength of the mind before i lose control who can raise you from the fall and save you only you who can take the pain away and change you only you a thousand miles between this never-ending feeling just looking for something more searching for a release i've seen rock bottom and I've smashed my fist against it. Just keep telling yourself it will be all right. Who can raise you from the fall and save you? Only you. Who can take the pain away and change you? Only you. So gather all your pain and suffering and turn them into strength and weaponry to overcome the enemy that's in you. So come face to face with the war that rages inside you those are the lyrics that literally helped me like mm-hmm. for many for, for many years those lyrics like I've sat there I've screamed them I've screamed them I've listened to that song a million times mm-hmm. when I'm feeling that and I've cried to the song I've literally sat there and felt negative and just put this on and realized I'm not the only one who's going through shit, mm-hmm. but I'm the only I'm the only one who can stop myself from doing anything stupid. I have to fucking pound my fist against the fucking, you know, uh, uh, <laughs> sorry, what was it? Uh, pound my own fist against the fucking rock bottom. Mm-hmm. You know, when you're at rock bottom, only you can break that fucking rock mm-hmm. and rise up from it. So it's like, with fathers, it's hard. It's hard to accept the idea that, like, you're a, like, you're a piece of shit in your kid's eyes because that's what you see. That's what you think. Mm-hmm. She's telling your kid. She's telling your kid how horrible you are, how yep. they didn't want to be there, and you're just imagining that a thousand times a day. It's just yep. repeating. Yep, yep. Can't escape the thought, man. You see a fucking guy walking down the street, and you think to yourself... With his kid, you think how great it is that he has his kid, but at the same time, you're like, fuck, man, I can't see my kid, and fucking somebody's probably telling him something terrible about me, man. It's terrible. You can't really so escape that's why, it. that's why behind their back, just pop the, it, if you live the life of positive vibes, make for positive life, then guess what? It's not you who's going to tell your kid what kind of person you are. It's the people around you. Yeah. We're gonna be like, oh, oh, you're so and so's kid, man. He's so awesome. He blah 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 yep. blah blah. They're gonna be like, that's my dad, right? Oh, but my, my mom said this. Yep. They'll be like, fuck that bitch, man. <laughs> right know. for real. Your mom don't know him like I do. Your right. mom has, doesn't see him fucking 
sweating for 10 hours a day and just being half, putting out a positive vibe yeah. while behind the scenes they're fucking crying at night. Right. But yet they're putting out all this positive energy, telling everybody how good of a day it is. You know, that, hey man, they're doing a great job helping everywhere they can just to help out for the, you know, even just the extra hours. Yeah. They're just doing whatever they have to to like try and, you know, put out positive vibes. And the mom is saying, oh, he's a piece of shit. He don't care about, it. he's a degenerate. He don't do this. He don't do that for you. Yeah. And it's like, well, he, and like his coworkers be like, well, he would, he would do that for you if she gave him a fucking chance. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you like, you like music. Guess what? Your dad just took, you know, your, his daughter to a concert. You could have gone, but your mom's a cut. <laughs> for real, man. You know, she, she's stopping the show and she's stopping the ability for him to be able to be great and give, give that child a great life. See, I mean, when I think about it, man, I think about all the cool ass shit, man, that you would be doing with your son, bro. And the crazy part is, is how much of your son, how much he's just like you, right? But like, he has no idea what this feeling is in his heart and chest and why he moves how he moves. And he'll never really understand it fully until he gets around you, until he has these fucking intimate fucking conversations about life and fucking feelings and fucking theories and fucking not even that, bro. I'm talking about motherfucking... I'm talking about, I'm talking about Ghostbuster movies. I'm talking about motherfucking board games. Oh, yeah. I'm talking about playing the fucking video game. I'm talking about shit, teaching them about a walking fucking nature with you opposed to someone who knows nothing about plants. It's a hundred percent different. You know what I mean? There's so much to be learned from you, bro. And he won't understand shit fully until he has these in-depth brain picking fucking deep conversations with you. For days and days, I ain't gonna lie, bro. I got, I always got the feeling that my dad has something in him that I had in me. Anytime I got around this fucking guy, I'm like, bro, that was my problem with his ass. I say, motherfucker, I'm trying to figure out the rest of what it is in you. I got to get to you. Keep disappearing, motherfucker. I'm trying to figure out. (laughs) You know what I mean? But like, I didn't know fathers' rights in the '90s was way different than fathers' rights now, for sure. (laughs) You know what I mean? But shit, bro, the real thing, man, the real thing. So your son, man, he's going to be just like you, bro, in the sense of being a leader and a fighter and a warrior. You know what I mean? So that's what's so beautiful about this thing, man. And nothing will be able to stop that shit. And I want the other dads out there, man, listening to really understand. If you can't understand that this man is a warrior and he does it with a smile and God pumping in his heart, whether whatever he call it or whatever I call it, it's pumping in his heart. When I played on the football team and we had Muslims on the team, I just watched a film the other day. Me and my Muslim teammates high-five and give hugs, celebrate, and rejoice the exact same. <laughs> and when we was on the wrestling mat, we would, we, would, we would be in the same faith that they was about to go out there and go to battle. Regardless, man. You know what I mean? So it don't matter, bro. I could feel, I could feel God pumping in your chest, bro. Your guy, my guy, whoever guy, I feel him pumping in your chest. Because, man, I can feel it. Because look at your heart and your spirit and your energy. The other dads out there, man, I want you guys to understand and really take from this. Do you hear his motto, man? Positive life, a positive vibes equal a positive life. You yeah. get, you, 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 you chase good, you put good out, good's finna come on back to him. But don't man. be a counter. 
don't don't keep a counter on like oh if I do this right here that's gonna be good for me. No, just all it's the hardest thing to do is like go the positive route. Yes. But it's the best thing for you. Yeah. Like it will not always be easy. It will sometimes be very hard. Yeah. But go the positive route, and in the end, things will happen that are positive for you. But don't try and keep a counter on it. Right. Don't try and act like oh I have to do this much to get this much back. Right. No, it's just it's. It's, it's a true hard lifestyle. Yeah. So like, do it. Yeah, man. I think that's fucking. I think that's insightful info, man. I got a couple more questions before we conclude here, man. That are really important that I wanted to make sure I asked. First of all, man, when you first saw your, um, you talked about seeing your daughter again. You know, you talked about reuniting with her a little bit. But we were, we were, we we covered a lot of ground, and I really wanted to ask, like, what it was like, and if you could kind of explain the first, uh, you know, how you were feeling and what the fuck was going through your mind just the setting a little bit when you first got a chance to physically meet her and hang with her so I, I can even send you pictures of that too um, so the first time I really met her uh, it was for her 8th birthday mm-hmm. and uh, we had talked a couple times on the phone but her mom was like just come out for her birthday mm-hmm. and we met at a park and like it was uh, five seconds of like awkward like hey you know like do I you know how do I hug her, you know, right. with, you know, how, like, how do, how do we interact? But my daughter, man, no lie, she just has this fucking energy, this, like, positive fucking, so she just was, like, two seconds into this, she's like, we were both awkward, and she's like, Dad, can we just go play tag? And we were at a park, I was like, fuck yeah. Right. So, like, we, we started running around the park, and to be honest, man, the awkward, the most awkward part was being, so this, this may uh, reflect on a lot of men out there. Um, being a male and playing with your child on a, in a park um, when no other men are playing with kids and there is, you know, there's men and there's women and there's other kids and then, like, my daughter, me and her playing and other kids seeing it and, like, they run up to her and be like, what are you guys doing? And she's like, she literally, like, it made me cry afterward, but she, every per, every kid that came up to her and said, what are you guys doing? She screamed out, I'm meeting my real dad for the first time, we're playing tag. Like, that was so, like, ugh. Like, I loved it so much, and... Then the other kids would be like, can, can we play too? And she'd look at me and be like, I don't care, dude. So it started off me and her, and then it became me, her, and like most of the, the kids at the playground. Right. And I'm the, I'm the only like adult male running around like, you know, playing tag with all these kids. Yeah. And like, I, I, it did feel awkward because like I felt eyes looking at me. Right. When, like, these, Showing these, motherfuckers like, I, up. <laughs> like, well, I'd be the one who's it, and I'd go run and like, you know, tag a kid and they trip and fall. I'm like, oh shit, I look around and like parents are looking at me and the kid's just laughing and giggling. I'm like, are they thinking I'm like hurting these kids? Are they thinking I'm some weirdo? Like, <laughs> what's the thought of, what, what's going on here? Right. And yeah, then, just new parent like, shit. <laughs> yeah, no parents playing with their kids, no yeah. dads, no, no men. Like, also, it's the idea of men messing with kids at playgrounds is like how am I being looked at even though it's just like me me playing with my kid and other kids but then the fun part was that was at her actual birthday the next day was her birthday party at Chuck E. Cheese and she's like hey dad you want to play some games I'm like alright cool Uh, she she goes to the wall of prizes and she's like dad I want that one I'm like baby girl 
that price is 4,000 tickets. That's going to be difficult. I was like, you know, we'll try. Right. But, but what she doesn't know is her dad is a video gamer. And I am a king at these fucking jackpot games. Right. So the first game we go to is some, like, spin the ball, hold it, and then the circle, like, the dot will go around a circle, and it'll land at a random spot. First time I play it, I figured it out. I was like, okay, this is how far I need to go. So the second time I spin it and hit it, jackpot. Got her a 1,000 tickets. And she, her eyes lit up. She blew, she's like, how did you get a jackpot? I'm like, let's go to the next game. And started going from game to game and just showing her that her dad's, a, I, I call myself a jackpot king. And so, like, I, in the end, she had, like, 6,000 tickets. And she got the prize that she so much wanted. And from then on, it's been like, hey, dad, can we go to this arcade? <laughs> Think you can win me something? I'm like, baby girl, I can win you whatever you want. Just... Look, relax, though. <laughs> right. Man, that shit is crazy, man. That's good to hear, man. Because, you know, I, like nerves I said, are I probably jumping. I can send you multiple pictures of the jackpot prizes I've won for her over the few years, you know. And, like, just because if I feel like, hey, let's go to this arcade, find the biggest prize you can find, and that'll win it. Right. Man, that shit is crazy, man. That's crazy, but it's just great to hear because it's like, you know, there was time in there where this lady had took off with your kid and to hear that you guys made it culture and, and fucking and, and feasible and, 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 and workable, made it a workable environment, man. And I'm glad this human being decided that to start recognizing that you're a human being too, you know what I mean? And that you want to be a part of your daughter's life, man, because you deserve that shit, bro. And, and anybody yeah. listening to hear how happy the fuck you were. Now, I know nobody knows we, you know, we don't know who, I know, I, I rarely go see what who I'm talking to looks like, but I just want you to picture somebody who almost looks like Seth Rogen with a damn beard and very happy and jolly. <laughs> you know what I mean? Picture that, man, because that's, 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 the, that's the vibes I'm getting from this human being. You know what I no, mean? Hey, I'll, I'll make it. I'll make it a funnier picture. You ready for this? Yeah, yeah. You ever, you, ever, you ever seen the trailer park boys? Uh, no, I haven't. All right. Well, any of your listeners out there who've seen trailer park boys, imagine I'm the living Ricky, and that's just how it is. That's how she goes. Yeah. So if you get a chance, if you get a chance, bro, uh, go on to. Do you have Netflix? Yeah. All right. Look up trailer park boys, and I guarantee you. You will fall in love with that show. This is all about uh, three guys, Ricky, Julian, and Bubbles, who, the beginning of the show, they're getting out of jail. By the end of the season, they're going back to jail. But I tell you what, jail ain't no, ain't no problem. Because, you know, there's good dope in there. They get to hang out, drink, smoke, love their life. But, you know, they're going to get out, and they're going to get out in 18 months, and they're going to go back to growing dope and uh, selling to the people in the trailer park. <laughs> Hold on. I think but, I see which dude you might be talking about with the hair. Yeah, this might this might be you. I mean, I can't see because I'm looking at the just the regular pictures and shit. I, I'm looking at like the pictures on uh, on Google. But yeah, yeah, man. 
fucking what well, what I'm saying is, bro, you are a great human being, bro, and you de- you deserve to be a part of your kids' lives. You know what I mean? Both of them, man. Your daughter, bro, she's gonna learn so much from you, and she needs to be around you, bro, because she needs to see what kind of man. You know what I'm saying? Like she needs to get she her first experience with just uh, just her first getting get. You know, it needs to be you, bro. You know what I mean? It's yeah. a lot of life left to be lived here, bro. Just in general, because this shit don't stop when she turns 18. We are dads forever no. now. You know what I'm saying? Till they lower us in the ground, we're dads. So there's a lot. There's a long. This shit. This is this is a marathon. But at the same time, man, like there's everybody out there needs to take and listen to that. This dad wanted. You hear how happy he was to be to see his daughter for the first time, man. First, this is the first time seeing her, man. He wanted to be a part of her life this whole time. He's been losing sleep, going crazy, trying to see his damn kids, man. So. What I would say, man, is well, what I would ask next here, man, is what what would you uh what would you say, man, your your biggest takeaway? I think I might know what you're gonna say here. Uh what's been your biggest takeaway uh from just everything that's happened, man, and your quest to get back in your children's lives? Oh man. I mean that's a it's a deep question to be honest. Um my biggest takeaway is being able to uh like have an impact on my kids' life, like oh, provide wow. them with what I feel is a good foundation for being an adult. Right. Um, because a lot of people they think that you know they have to structure their kids' lives around you know what they think uh, a kid should do, or you know like what activities they think the kid. And my structure is let them know what an adult, what being an adult is, and then provide them with the ability to be a respect Expected adult, right? So, like, you know, you have like being an adult means you take care of your responsibilities, and then you can enjoy your free time. So, as an adult, your responsibilities are have a job, make sure you keep that job, and with that job, it pays your bills. You know, like your food, your housing, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And then, with everything that's left over, is for you to enjoy your life. Mm-hmm. And so, as a kid, your responsibilities are to go to school, do your homework so that you can continue to go to school. And then, you know, you can chores so they understand they have to keep a clean house. You know, you don't want a dirty fucking house. Mm-hmm. So they're going to have to learn how to keep their own clean house, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But after the responsibilities are over, what do you enjoy? What do you want to do? Oh, you want to play some video games? Then okay, dude, like, enjoy yourself. That's mm-hmm. what... That's what achieving your responsibilities yeah. means. Gives, gives you the uh, ability to do. Mm-hmm. If all your responsibilities are done, you can enjoy your life. I like to go to concerts. I like to play video games. So as long as I have a house, my job, and all that stuff, then I can play video games and go to concerts. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, all right, dude, you want to play Pokemon uh, in your free time? Go ahead. I don't care. You've done what you need to do to make sure that you know all your responsibilities are taken care of. Enjoy yourself. Right. Whereas there's, you know, even my son, he's fostered with his grandmother and she doesn't allow them to do anything. She has them on a tight schedule of like, oh, you got to do this, you got to do this, you got to do this, you got to do this. To where when I had him for a weekend, he just wanted to hang out in the hotel room and watch TV because he doesn't get to do that ever. He doesn't get 10 minutes to just hang out. So I was like, well, did you do your homework? He's like, yeah, here's my homework. I'm like, all right, cool. Let's watch TV. He's like, really? I'm like, yeah, dude. It's called enjoying your life. That's what, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I, that's what I want you to do. I don't want you to feel like you have to do this even though you don't like. Okay, 
So an old uh, a person gets into their thirties, you know, and they're working a job. Are they going to take a freaking knitting class because they have to, or because they want to? No, they they would not do a knitting class if they fucking hated knitting. Right. Just because it's something to take up their time. Right. Because you know somebody else said they had to. No, they would rather fucking smoke some weed and play some video games. Right. All right. Well, you earn that. You earn that right. It's legal to smoke weed in your state. Yeah, legal to play video games. You've done your job. You have a house. If that's what you want to do, fucking do it. <laughs> right. I think that's great advice, man. Fucking enjoying your life and them, you know, not getting too fucking and, and teaching our kids that as well, man. Enjoy yourself. Relax a little bit. You know, fucking enjoy. Enjoy. You got you got this space. We're all paying for the, the paying to be here. Let's enjoy this space. Summertime. Let's go outside. Let's enjoy. You know what I mean? Let's. Hey, man. Every second it snows outside. Fucking let's get out there and get in the snow a little bit. Let's have some experience. You know what I mean? Let's go to the fucking woods in the snow. Let's let's have some experience. Try to navigate through a damn trail while it's icy let's go experiment experience a little bit you know what i mean just living life man living life man teaching our kids that is so important as dads bro and having the opportunity for them to see how we walk and move you know i went on my instagram today i was riding in the car to take my daughter for her for her second four-hour drop-off with her mom since april 2nd of 21 and bro as i'm riding you know any any of the listeners if you want to see us on my story man joe it'll be only probably won't be there by the time this is posted but uh, at JP Brown DFM on Instagram, but uh, fucking we're writing and I'm listening to some Boosie and I pick my phone up. I look up in my rear view. I mean, first and I see my daughter behave back there, just bobbing with my head. I say, "Why well, I gotta grab this moment?" And she sees me put my phone up and she don't stop. Normally, if she see me record her, she'll stop and do something different, but she just kept rocking her head like this. Okay, so. They, 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 you know, we the same thing. The same way I'm, I taught her how to bob her head. She also sees, um, me wake up and get the word. She also sees, you know, they're learning how to live from us right now as, as people. We're putting, ha- we're giving them habits, good habits. That's another thing I've been focusing on. It's getting good habits, practice good things. You know what I'm saying? So, as dads, man, we really gotta really walk how we want them to walk you know what i mean now i think that's what that's i think that's what you're doing bro look you're walk you're 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 literally walking in faith man you know what i mean whether however you call it but it's the real thing man you you've been extremely faithful you've done nothing but put god's energy into the world if you call it uh karmatic energy or whatever the case may be bro i'm telling you this is god's energy or whoever's energy, whatever God, whoever may be listening to this, to, 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 to whatever they feel comfortable calling him, then that's what it is. But I guarantee that that's the same energy that their God says, our God is saying, put into the fucking atmosphere, bro. What the energy that you putting out there, you know what I mean? With a smile, man, and a good heart. Cause it ain't about it. A person could go to church every Sunday, AJ, and they won't even open the door for somebody when they, when they're behind them and they're walking in the store. You know what I mean? They won't ask a person how they're doing. They'll look at him. He'll look different. They'll look at you. They'll see your beard and then just be like, oh, fuck him. And don't say nothing to you. Well, wait a minute. AJ's a great human being. Why can't you ask him how his day's doing? Or anything. You know what I mean? 
that's not what that's not what it's all about. It's about it's about what's in your heart. How do you treat people when you leave out of that place? What you doing? You know what I mean? So and I think you live in it. And sometimes it's folks who don't talk to God any and they're living a better <laughs> and they're 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 living bad they're living a Christian life without knowing it. You know what I mean? It's to a degree. Obviously it's you know what I mean? To a degree, you know, to a degree, man, they're doing the right things. You know what I'm saying? They're, they're treating people right. They're loving people right. They're doing things right. You know what I mean? And let's shout yeah, out to them type um, of people. The fun, one of the funniest ones that I have for you, man, is uh, I remember being in line with my daughter, like shortly after I got off work and I was doing a harvest. And when I'm, when I, where I work, what I do, I smell like weed. I know it. I know it. There's nothing I can do to stop it. I reek of cannabis all the time. And I was sitting in line with my daughter and this couple in front of me, they gave me a look back and they gave the, the negative smell like signs, like the whiffing of their nose. Like, Oh, can't smell that. And I'll, I'll like, you know, just sitting there with my daughter talking to her, and then they turn around and they like confronted me about it. They're like, "How can you, like, you know, be around your daughter being that high all the time? Like, you know, saying something about me being high, right? About how I, how I reek of cannabis." And right. I was like, "Oh, I'm sorry, man. Like, I, I work in cannabis industry. I just, I don't even notice I smell like it. I'm sorry." Right. And she's like, "Oh." It's so ungodly to raise your children like that. I was like, actually, ma'am, if I can quote the Bible for you to help you with this, Genesis 1, God said, all seed-bearing plants I give unto thee. Now, I want you to understand that cannabis is a seed-bearing plant oh, yeah. that, is, that is medical and spiritual for people in their healing process. Mm-hmm. Now, I know that, you know, uh, the government has made it to where they made uh, cannabis to be an evil thing, Mm -hmm. but it's also said that religion and government should be separated, correct? So your views on cannabis aren't actually spiritual or religious, they're actually, you know, based on your, you know, your government concepts, and it's very ungodly for you to look down upon me for doing something that I believe is actually spiritual positive for people as well as medically positive for people and for you to like you know chastise me for doing what i do i believe that's very ungod you know unchristian of you and i mean it was different words you know i'm just trying to remember you know basic con this is a basic concept of what i said Mm -hmm. but like the truth is if you want to step on the religious side and say that it's unreligious unchristian for somebody to smoke cannabis Read your Bibles because He gave us these plants, and they are for us to enjoy and to partake. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, for some reason that we haven't been able to explain, we have what's known as the endocannabinoid system, which reacts specifically to this plant. Our body reacts to this plant. Our body is meant to ingest this plant, and it helps us. So, and I will pass it on. Like, I, I told my daughter and I told my son this. I will never lie to you. I will not withhold any uh, knowledge from you. I won't, you know, there's nothing that you can't ask me that I won't tell you the truth. Mm-hmm. And so my daughter and I had a conversation about cannabis one day because she found some with her friend uh, in, their, in her friend's house and her friend's sister's room mm-hmm. who is only 13. And she's like, yeah, so we found it and we told her mom. Uh, you know, at first I'm like, damn, you a snitch. Uh, 
<laughs> but then, you know, but then, you know, the, the, the father in me just stopped. Uh, I didn't say anything. I, I thought about it for a minute. I was like, well, the other kid's only 13 and they have cannabis. Yeah. I know that I was smoking, you know, too young of age. I was uh, fifth grade when I started, which isn't good. It's not a good idea for kids to smoke cannabis. It affects our brain. It affects our body. And we should be of age to ingest cannabis in any form. Unless you have a medical reason, like kids who have epilepsy, stuff like that, that we talked about. Yeah. But in the concept of smoking it or like trying to just, you know, enjoy the, the cannabis lay, it kind of, you know, smoking it, getting high, you know, enjoying it, um, you should be of age. And so I talked to her and I was like, hey, you know, this and that, you know, you shouldn't have. I was like, but when you turn 21, your dad's going to want to smoke a joint with you. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want to drink a beer with you when you're 21 on New Year's Eve. I'm going to smoke a joint with you. And then she said, you know, the, the cutest thing a little kid could say, she's like, Dad, I'm just, you know what? I'm never going to touch anything. I was like, ah, bitch, you dumb. <laughs> um, you're going you're gonna to turn 16, 17. You're going to go to house parties. You're going to go to, um, you know, uh, high school parties with your friends. And they're going to have weed. They're going to have alcohol. It's just your decision to say no mm-hmm. and I would hope that you make the smart decision and say no but I'm not going to be mad at you if you you know if, I'm, I told you I'm not going to lie to you I'm not going to be mad if you're 17 and you get drunk and you call me and you're like Dan, I can't get home I'm like alright baby girl I got you tell all the guys around you to fuck off mm-hmm. punch you in the nuts punch you in the nuts every guy that comes at you is like hey what's up girl punch you in the nuts mm-hmm. um but like you know, I made mistakes, and so I'm not gonna hold you know I'm not gonna hold myself at a higher concept that like oh you're 17 you're drunk you're uh, grounded for life no you fucked up but mm-hmm. now you don't get a car for you know a little while but you know now you, now you understand because yeah. you're you're going to be an adult and as an adult if you're drunk and you drive you're gonna go to jail <laughs> so you'll be a but at the same time, you know, call me. I'm always there. That's who I am. Yeah. That's what I'm there for. I'm always there for you no matter what. Um, I will always be there for any problem that you may have. Mm-hmm. Just give me a call and tell the truth. I will always be honest with you. You're always honest mm-hmm. with me. So my, my, one of my, uh, so another question I did have, man, if you could talk to a dad out there, man, experiencing uh, alienation in the, in the sense that you did, man, let's say he goes all this time and he didn't see his kids, he was boxed out the same way you were boxed out. Um, man, what advice would you give to him, man? If you could just say something to him, let's say AJ's story was spot on for him. What would you say to him? It's hard because the things I went through, like I was a nomad for many years where I stayed off the grid and I just wanted to not be a part of anything because I didn't think that being a part of anything meant I would even be close to my kids. But if I could give them advice, I would, I would say don't stop struggle. Uh, the struggle will make you stronger. The, the words, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger is very true. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's going to be hard and just like, honestly, find somebody to be able to talk to find somebody that you can tell them exactly what you're feeling because holding it in is the hardest thing in the world because you feel like you're alone, but you're not. There are so many people out there going through just the same or worse. And to have anybody to vent to is the biggest help, but don't stop. Uh, just 
just don't stop, dude. Like, continue with it because your story will be stronger for them to hear than just, oh, um, your story is stronger than your eulogy. Mm-hmm. Because if you're able to tell your story to them about your struggle and what you went through to be a part of their life, mm-hmm. it's stronger than hearing a eulogy from somebody about how your life ended. Mm-hmm. So, like, because I always, I know that it's not just uh, somebody being sad about not not being in with their kids. It's somebody struggling with life itself to want to be with their kids. Mm-hmm. It's the hardest thing. I know that. And to just tell somebody that it's not the end every day is just another beginning for you to have another portion of your story to tell them is one of the strongest things I can hopefully embark on somebody because my son will hear my story when he's old enough mm-hmm. he will and my daughter they, once they're old enough to like comprehend what I've been through I'm gonna give them pieces and let them know what I went through and what helped me a lot of it was music. That, that song, Strength of the Mind, mm-hmm. that's, that song saved me. Many times, along with a song by uh, Five Figure Death Punch, it's called M-I-N-E, uh, Anywhere But Here, Mine, Anywhere But Here. Uh, that song as well, like, just kept me going. Like, there's, just find something to keep you going. Find something you're passionate about. Like, I was passionate about cannabis, and I drove to do what I could to be the best I could in the industry. And I achieved it, and then I lost it, but then I went back, and I'm stronger than ever. But it's finding something you're passionate about and pursuing that, because then you can tell them that you went through everything for them, and that your your success is for them. Mm-hmm. So, if you could say something to a mother out there, man, who's fucking keeping a child from a willing father, much like happened, what happened to yourself, uh, what would you say to a mom out there alienating a, alienating a, a child from a willing father, man? What advice would you give to her? What would you say to her tonight? Guess what? That kid's going to grow up. That kid's going to have a mind of its own. That kid's going to understand, like, boy or girl... They're going to one day see the truth. Whether you like it or not, mm-hmm. they're going to see it. They're going to see who you are as a person. Like, you know, you're going to maybe go through boyfriends. You're going to go through husbands. You're going to have other kids. You're going to treat other kids certain ways. You're going to do this. You're going to do that. Everything you do, the kid's going to see. And they're also going to see that their dad had no input and no choice in how you did what you did. And then they're going, they're going to talk to their father and ask them questions. Mm-hmm. How do you want those questions answered? How, how do you want the person to respond? Do you want them to say anything negative about you? Or do you want them to say, we work through it? We work together for you. Or do you want him to say, well, she didn't care about you. And she just wanted to hurt me. Like, what do you want that child to be? How do you want that child to perceive you? Because mm-hmm. it's going to be how they perceive you in the end on your actions. So if you keep this father from this child when he's not a bad person, guess what? They're going to understand that he wasn't a piece of shit just because you said he was. Mm-hmm. They're going to talk to that person once they're 18, 19, 20, fucking 30. Like, you know, it doesn't even matter when they find that person. They're going to find them. 
And as an adult, as a person of reason mind, they're going to, you know, put two and two together. They're going to ask questions. They're going to have their own opinion. Now, their opinion is all, is is a two-sided story because they're going to hear your side. They're going to hear that side. And then they're going to make their own opinion. They're, it's not going to be fun. I guarantee you that you're not going to like the outcome if that person wasn't an actual piece of shit. Mm-hmm. If, that, if that person was a good person and they're just literally like living in a shack struggling and their child comes to them and is like, why haven't you been here? And they're like, well, I'm paying child support. Here's where I live. Like, I just can't, I can't do anything. I can't fight. I can't afford a lawyer to, you know, fight against your mom. I can't afford this. I can't afford that. And you're like, oh shit. Like he can't, he, he had no fight. There's nothing in him. He had like, you know, his will was drained from him. Mm-hmm. You know, they're going to put their, they're going to make their own opinion based on what they see, not just on what you say. Mm-hmm. So I would say just do right by the child. Stop thinking of yourself. Stop thinking about what, oh, I need. Think about what's the child need. Mm -hmm. The child needs to have both sides. Like, you know, uh, it's genetic code. It's genetic code is two parents that created it. And by having both sides, it'll actually, you know, it's a better prosperity for the child. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, I think I think that's insightful info, man. I think I think there's somebody out there who can definitely learn from you. I think every every minute we spent on this um, on this podcast tonight, I think that man that it was all goes to good use. I know that a lot of my listeners um spend most of their time listening between um eleven and five, so during the workday. And you know, I think this was a powerful podcast because this is something someone can throw on on work while they're working Monday and fucking just kind of just there's so much to cover. And your 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 main goal was to just tell everybody fucking positive vibes equal a positive life. And I think that if you stay positive throughout your fight, trying to get your child back, and it shouldn't have to be a fight. We all know that it should be 50-50 and two and us two uh, two parents should have to go in here and say why the other parent is bad uh, before 50-50 is broken. In every single birth of a child, that's how it should go. Not one person can just dip when they feel like it, make the other person come in and we'll just treat him like a criminal even if he has no record and he's a veteran and all this other good stuff. Fuck that. No, you know what I mean? Like, it should, even if, even though it's all fucked up like that, we should still just stay positive. Um, and, you know, there was actually a point um, in my fight, and I went 950 days without seeing my kids. I know that's, that's a lot to some people, and to other people, that's nothing. You know what I mean? But there was a point when I wrote in this notebook, and I'll read what I wrote. I will bring my babies home through faith. I wrote that at 9.17 p.m., 7-14-2019. And then I also wrote right under that, bring me closer, God. And then I wrote under that, I said, I'm Kimmy, I'm Roscoe. And what I was trying to say was, I'm going to get my kids back, and they're in me, I'm in them. Those these are my kids. Like, their heart, we got the same heartbeat. You know what I mean? So, um, I think that... That lines up right with what you were saying. You stayed positive. You spoke it into existence, man. Kept a great energy. Um, I want to thank you, man, for taking all this time and, and energy, man, and effort, man. I know you're going to get your daughter back uh, in your life just how you want her, the, the way you want her to be in your life, and your kid and your son will be back in no time. Uh, and the most important thing, man, you're getting ready to take on a, a, a child, man, that 
you didn't bring into this world. And I think, I think, I think that we all need to realize that heroes don't wear capes. Heroes don't play on Sundays. Heroes don't play in the NBA for our favorite basketball team. They're right in our faces, man. And when they are heroes like AJ, man, we need to just thank them and respect them and try to learn whatever the fuck we can from them because that's what kind of, that's how you learn and that's what we're here to do, man. So thank you again, man. And again, man, we're friends. Add me on Facebook. Anytime you want to talk to me, bro, you can call me whenever. If you want to talk about herb, call me. If you want to talk about sports, call me. You want to talk about your kids, call me. You want to talk about video games. Play Grand Theft Auto, what the fuck ever. Just let me know. I'm here. Add me. You can call me whenever. Uh, and yeah, we're friends now, bro. So that's that. I appreciate you, man. And, and please, man, don't forget to use my number whenever, whenever you need be. Did you have? Did you have anything you wanted to say to, to close out? Nah. nah, man. It's been been really cool. It's just like kind of a lot of times you don't get to talk about this shit. Yeah, you know, yeah. Like openly, freely, and like feel like uh, you know, a lot of people. What do you like? Especially, like, honestly, in the dating world, dude, like, you're like, yeah, I got two kids, I'm like, oh, yeah, do they live with you? No, you're a deadbeat. Damn. Right. Um, but, like, being able to, like, tell so many stories and, like, no, I'm not a deadbeat, like, it's actually, like, comforting. Yeah. And a lot more, a lot more uh, men and fathers need to know they're not deadbeats. They need to hear that. They just need to know you're not a deadbeat. You're not a piece of shit, man. You are just struggling, and it, you, you will survive this, man, so... Hell yeah, man! I think that I think that I think that was a great. Uh, I think that was those are great words, man. You said a lot of good stuff, dads out there. If you're out there listening, man, and you feel like you don't want to talk to me, you want to talk directly to AJ. I'm gonna tell you what you need to do right now. You need to be bold. You need to step out on faith. The same way AJ put his thumb out and took a hitchhike right to change his life. What you need to do right now is send me your phone number and tell me you want to talk to AJ. I will get your number and your name to AJ as fast as I possibly can. And I'm pretty sure if you hit him up and say you heard him on the podcast, you want to talk to him or whatever the case may be, I'll have him hit you up. I'll tell him you're, you want to talk to him from the podcast. Fucking and he'll probably text you or you can probably hit him up or something. But don't just sit back and listen to this person talk. And if this podcast hit home, don't just sit on that thought and feeling. I'm telling you right now, be bold and fucking step out on faith and give me your number. Tell me you want to talk to AJ and, and, and get AJ on your phone and talk to him your own damn self. You know what yeah, I mean? I'm always, I'm, I'm always available. I have no problem with that. If you have something to say, you want to talk, you just want to vent, man. I'm always here. Like, oh, yeah. We're a fucking community, we, man. Yeah. We need to all grab each other's hands and fucking build a wall. That's, it's time. We need, if you, uh, also, fellow fathers, if you're out there listening, if you know a dad out there who's hurting, you know a dad who doesn't get to see his fucking child, what you need to do is you need to take this link, copy it, and share it somewhere. What you need to do is you need to take, you need to take, stick your hand out and pull him out of the mud and tell him about some of the shit that you're hearing on this podcast about Title IV, Section D, about these dads giving out great insight. And man, let's go forward from there. I appreciate all your help, all your time, all your energy, man. Let's keep fucking pressing this needle forward, man. We're all on the same team, got the same jersey on. I'll talk to you next time, and please, man, call me whenever. We're friends, brother. Rock on. All right, man, I'll talk to you soon.